This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, goal. Oh, hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to A's Cast Live. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and you enjoyed it with family and everything was good. I had a great one. Cody, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, Very small. Just my wife and I, but very good. Can't complain. Well, you had the offer. You had the standing offer to be a part of the Townsend household to have prime fillets with turkey and the stuffing. You had the mashed potatoes, my wife's famous mashed potatoes, according to her. Uh, <laughs> you had that opportunity. You turned it out. You turned it down. Yeah, well, we made food at home, but I appreciate the offer. I did spend Thanksgiving Eve with you instead of going out and partying like everyone else does on that night. Uh, I hung out with you and we watched a documentary on John Madden. So that was what we did. Yeah, kind of sad. Uh, I, I, those are past my days of going out because that – that, that's really something that, you know, in your 20s, maybe your early 30s, when everybody is coming back home and, you know, people you went to high school with and grade school with or you grew up with, you're coming back home to your parents and you're coming back for Thanksgiving and everybody goes out to whatever your local watering hole is and you just go out and get it done the night before Thanksgiving. That has long passed me by. I used to do that. That was a long time ago. Uh, that's for you 20-somethings and early 30s. So keep doing it because it, it is a great time to check in with all the people you grew up with and every everybody coming back home. But I can't do that, Cody. My parents are dead. So you don't go back home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I haven't. I've been here for 10 years now. I've never gone home for Christmas or Thanksgiving, uh, any holiday with my family. Um, they've only been here twice, so I don't get to spend it with my family either. Now I spend it with my wife's family. That's the holiday season, Christmas and New Year's. So um, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. I don't. I don't spend it with my parents either. I mean, mine are alive, fortunately, but I don't. Get to, I don't get to spend it with them. So Marty Lurie is going to be by our buddy Marty Lurie, the Bay Area Radio Hall of Famer. Marty Lurie will be here at 1:30 to talk about what's going on with Judge. What does he think? What does he really think? We'll find out. That's coming up at 1.30. Robert Ford is going to be joining us. Sorry, I have to look over to the right here. When Cody's there, we've got to use my computer. Robert Ford will be here at 2.30, play-by-play man for the Houston Astros, as they've made the first big deal of the winter, right before the winter meetings. Huge. I think, eh, but they're going to sell this as huge. So we'll talk about that with Jose Abreu leaving the Chicago White Sox and going to the Houston Astros. It's a great example. I'll get into it. 
of why you can't trust anything. Because you're reading something, and I can't remember where it was, because I've been reading all this different stuff, getting ready for the winter meetings, that because he has a home, he's got a home south of Florida. I I don't know. I I mean, south of Miami. I've been to Miami. I don't know what the south of Flor- of Miami is. Is that the Keys? They didn't say he was in the Keys. Because to me, the south of Miami is the is the Atlantic Ocean. So I don't know where this floating home is that he has. But the rumors were, because he lives in Florida, that there's a good chance he could sign with the Marlins or the Rays. That's, that was never going to happen. I mean, they float out more crap during this time about potentially where guys could end up. It's unbelievable. So Marty Lurie at 130, and then we're going to have Robert Ford from the Astros coming up here at 230. Big deal for the Astros as they get their first baseman for the next three years. What does that mean for Gurriel? Does he smell and sound like an Oakland A already? I was wondering, what is he, 37, coming off of, I guess, a down year after winning the batting title the year prior? Um, He's hurt. You know, he does he does look and feel and sound like an Oakland A. There was an article yes, on there was an article on MLB.com. He wasn't one of the four guys mentioned, but this was before he signed uh before Abreu signed with the Astros. So maybe Gurriel is a guy that could play first base a little bit for the A's for on a cheaper deal and maybe rebuild him and trade him at the deadline kind of thing. Would you say that if Gurriel came to the A's and started hitting right away? that no one would boo him because he was a Houston Astro? Yeah, I think the boos would subside. Um, Probably pretty quick, huh? Yeah, I think I think he'd be uh, – if he comes here and he hits, I don't know, I almost said 250, but that's – but it hits, boy, he hits better than that. If he hits 290, yeah, he hit 300, I mean, we're looking at a potential uh, batting title winner here with <laughs> Yuli Gurriel at 37 years old. Him. Hey, before we get into the A's coaching staff, I want you to look – Everybody right now, if you if you're not if you're listening on A's Cast, we absolutely love you. If you're able to watch on Twitter or YouTube, you see the banner below. We were not on on Wednesday, so we had a Black Friday deal, and it was a Green Friday deal. And yeah. you look at it right there: four tickets and parking for Friday for Friday's games for forty nine dollars. Yeah, I have a whole read for it. Um, grab a Friday four-pack presented by Chevrolet, four tickets and one parking pass at Lower Level Plaza or Treehouse Seating for only $49, an 85% saving off the regular price. The deal is valid for any Friday home game and for opening night. Lower Level Friday four-packs will not be available at this price point again this season, so don't miss out. Athletics.com slash fan values. That's athletics.com slash fan values. The deal ends tonight, Cyber Monday. Deal ends tonight at 1159 so make sure you visit athletics.com slash fan $49. Four tickets and parking? $49. Like, are you kidding me? For any Friday game? I mean, this is an absolute no-brainer. Four tickets plus parking for $49 any Friday. Think about it. Kids are out of school. June, July. Games are going to be faster, folks. No longer are you sitting there for three hours and 30 minutes. This thing's going to be like 2.30, 2.40. You're out of here. Friday night, you can't beat that. Four tickets and parking for 49 bucks. 
I haven't seen the Friday schedule. I know when you click on the link, they have the Friday schedule. Obviously, some great games. I mean, you can see, I don't know, you see the Astros come into town for 49 bucks for four tickets. That's an absolute steal, so get on that right now. I wanted to I wanted to start today with something that I want to prepare you for the winter meetings. Oh, first of all, we got to do the A's coaching staff. I'm having a hard time looking over, so I can tell you uh, Mike McCarthy comes over from the Padres as the new bullpen coach. I think the big news today, and great for Marcus Jensen, by the way, the local kid, Marcus, Marcus Jensen, who's had a great career with the A's, uh, grew up in Albany. Uh, he's now the quality con- control coach. Mike Aldretti goes to first base coach. Eric Martins goes over to third base coach. And probably the big news is, out of this change, is Darren Bush is now the bench coach. Because you need to find that. You need a replacement with Brad Osmus leaving. So this is, you know, kind of a big deal because Mark Kotze, you know, usually when you hear about bench coach, you don't go, what? But when you have a manager that's still young at this, he had last year. He, he needs to rely on his coaching staff, and he does. And having that strong bench coach, which Brad Osmus was for him, having been a skipper in multiple places, you need to be able to lean on that guy. Darren Bush has been a manager in the minor leagues. He's done every type of coaching. You need to be able to rely on that guy and trust that guy because you're going to have these feelings, right? You're going to have these feelings that you want to make these moves and you want to bounce them off somebody who has experience and just not somebody who's going to tell you what you want to hear. Because sometimes in life, you have bad ideas. And sometimes people got to talk you out of those bad ideas. And then there's sometimes when someone can just give you really good advice right there, spur of the moment. Yep, you know what? That's right. Let's go with that. So Darren Bush will now be, I mean, he's done everything. He will be your bench coach. And Tommy Everidge stays the same. Uh, Chris Crone stays the same with your hitting. Of course, the great Scott Emerson isn't going anywhere. The legend, the pitching guru, and also the, one of the best interviews that we have here on A's cast. So that is your A's coaching staff. And McCarthy comes over from the A's, from the Padres, where he was the pitching coach for AAA El Paso. The El Paso who? That's not the Sod Poodles, is it? The Chihuahuas. Oh. Uh, they I think the aren't the Padres also have the Sod Poodles too? Or whatever they're called. That they're double A? I think it's their double A, yeah. Uh, I'll see who hey, it is. Yeah, you, hey, you gotta realize when you're going up against uh, uh you know a fighting Chihuahua, you gotta be ready to rock. It's no joke. Uh sorry, that's a Diamondbacks double A team. The Armorillo Sod Poodles is who that's the Diamondbacks. Uh, educate us. What is a sod poodle? That's a great question. I'd, I'd have to look it up. Um, you know, let's, let's just Google it real quick. What is a – see if they have a definition. I'm, I'm sure it's a great logo. Um, yeah, it's a cool-looking logo. Uh, they are – see, it doesn't really say. 
because it doesn't exist. But it's, it's a cool logo. It looks cool, yeah. If I'm I, telling you that they've got some killer. The Chihuahuas logo is awesome. I love the Reno Aces. I was just in Reno recently looking at that again. So their minor leagues, their names and their mascots are absolute, absolutely the best. Real, real quick, right, Urban Dictionary says the you the name used for a prairie dogs a hundred years ago was a sod poodle. Interesting. Okay. Well, I is, don't there, look- is it like is their logo like a mean poodle? It's it looks like something an animal with a hat on. Um, it's hard to explain without showing. Um, just Google armorillo sod poodles and everyone can see what it looks like. Okay, before we get to Marty and before we get to Jose Abreu, Clevenger signed. I, I told I, I texted Cody yesterday what what the what everybody was going to say. Oh, it's a great deal. You know, one year, low risk incentive-laden contract, blah, 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 blah. I agree with all that. Clevenger coming back from Tommy John, didn't pitch well in San Diego. You're getting him for nothing. You're hopefully he's now going to be that. It takes time to get it back. And hopefully he's got it back. And if you're the Chicago White Sox, you'll benefit from that. And it'll be pretty cheap. Then the big thing there will be, if he does reach his incentives in your contract, that means he was a player for you. Because at one point, he was one of the better pitchers in the American League when he was with Cleveland. If you can get somewhat of that guy back, good deal. But we'll get to that. How I want to start the show. I know last year, all we wanted was baseball to come back. That's all we wanted. The CBA, we are like, we're fans. We just want the game back on the field. Billionaires fighting with millionaires. It's just uncomfortable to talk about. It's no fun. They took us off the air, rightfully so, because we have so many different guests. The last thing we wanted was something to happen here and to have somebody say, well, this was set on A's cast, and it gets on Twitter, and who knows. So it was better for us not to ruffle any feathers and to be off the air, let them work the deal out, and then we're back. Sorry, I have a little bit of a cold, so I'm going to have to hit the cough button a couple times. Okay, so it got all figured out, and away we went. And I'm on record of saying I don't think it was a good deal for the players. And I think baseball media is really bad at covering business because they're not business people. They're journalists. And for the most part, all the guys you see when you're seeing these reports about what's going on, they're writers. What the hell do writers know about business? You think most of these writers are big business people cutting business deals, negotiating contracts, hire, firing, running businesses? I don't think so. They're baseball writers. So for them, the players getting a little more money, the younger players, hey, let's bump up the minimum. Hey, we're going to have these pools that if, you know, a guy like J-Rod is rookie of the year, he gets more money, and Adley Rushman gets votes, and he's second, he gets extra money. That's all a drop in the bucket for the owners. The owners went into the negotiations knowing they were going to have to sprinkle the players with a little more money. And they held the players' feet to their fire, held their feet to the fire, and eventually the players caved. Remember, the eight players 
count them eight, that were down there at the negotiation table, how did they all vote for it, Cody? Uh, weren't they against? Aren't they all? And they were all, all, bo- all eight voted against the deal. I know. I think they were all Scott Boris guys too, correct? Not all of them. I think like six out of eight. Or yeah. Whatever. So majority. So, <laughs> yeah. So many. But they all said no. This is not a good deal for us. We're not getting enough. But then they threw it back to all the player reps and the guys that got to vote on it. They saw, they saw some money, more money coming in. They saw the luxury tax going up, the ceilings, the three ceilings, and they voted yes. And everybody went, yeah, the players. Meanwhile, the owners went, all right, we'll give you a little here. We'll give you a little there. And oh, behind your back, which you don't realize what we're doing, we're signing multi-bazillion-dollar deals with Apple, Peacock. We've got new revenue streams like we've never had before that, oh, by the way, you're not getting any of it. You want to go back and tell me how the players won again? We now have Sunday morning games on Peacock. with the players getting out of early Sunday morning games? Playing the game globally? I mean, come on. Good for the owners. They own it. It's their business. That's why you own businesses. You own businesses to succeed and make money. Players are employees. You own the business. I have no problem with it. But why do I bring this? Like, why are you bringing this up now? Because what we're going to see in San Diego starting Sunday, we will get there on Monday, is you're going to start to see maybe where we are with the biggest divide in baseball history. That's what this CBA is. There is a massive divide between the haves and the have-nots. And it's massive. And you've got owners of the smaller market teams who were not happy about this CBA. As the players, those eight players, I think it was eight, those eight players that were there negotiating went, nope, this is not a good deal. A lot of the small-time owners, not small-time, small small market owners, they felt the same way. This isn't a good deal for us. And that luxury tax, that ceilings are going up and going up. You think the Rays are ever going to get the $270 million payroll? Pirates, A's, Royals, Marlins. I mean, we, we can go down to how many different teams, the D-backs. I mean, how many of these teams are never – that? they were looking at these, these negotiations and they were saying to themselves, this has nothing to do with us. This is basically Boris and the high-priced agents – negotiating with the big market teams. It's basically what this last CBA was. And, yeah, you sprinkled some money to to some of the younger players, but in the end, I don't know how many people really won. And we're going to go to the winter meetings, and you're going to see certain teams spending money, and you're going to see a lot of other teams not. And to me, that's not good. I hate to be Debbie Downer. I just want to prepare everybody. And I understand where some of these small market teams are. They don't have the same revenue streams. 
and they feel they – I don't want to say they feel like they were done dirty. I just think their best interests weren't looked out for in this new CBA. And so when you have teams that have just, I mean, loaded. Yeah, there, there's going to be spending. Somebody's going to spend on Judge. Somebody's going to spend on Verlander. Somebody's going to spend on Correa. Swanson, Turner, the shortstop class. Somebody's going to spend on DeGrom. Somebody's going to spend on these guys. But it's only going to be a select group. It's not everybody. And that's not healthy. And I don't know how we ever get our game to be more like the NFL. Because in the NFL, your market size doesn't matter. Your revenue streams are pretty much all coming in except what you get on game day. And actually, you share the game day with the other team, just like the other sports do. But, man, there's so much that you share that you, you, you can be Cincinnati. You can be Pittsburgh. You can be Kansas City. Kansas City is not considered a small market team in the NFL. They're not. They're one of the big swingers right now. Cincinnati was just in the Super Bowl. Did, did, am I correct on that? They just competed in the Super Bowl against the Rams? Uh, that's correct. Big win yesterday for the Bengals as well. They're now 7-4. and four. So, hold on. So, baseball is not that. I mean, look at the difference between the Miami Marlins and the Miami Dolphins. Look at the difference between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think the winter meetings are really going to show us this. Now that the CBA's locked in, we're done with COVID, we're moving on, the revenue's back coming in, the floodgates are open, and you're going to see the big boys whipping out the paychecks. And you saw it today, Jose Abreu, who's going to be 36 years old. And I know a lot of people are going to look at this and think, ah, well, I already heard on MLB Network today. Uh, or I should say not MLB Network on Sirius XM, like Brad Lidge, oh, the old veteran. Bringing in this veteran is huge. Hold on, I got it here. I'm just, I'm going to give you this. Jose Abreu is going to turn 26 years old. So you're paying for, I mean, 36 on June 29th. So you're paying for 36, 37, and 38. All right? Last year, he had a whopping 15 home runs and 75 RBIs. Did it 300 at a good OPS, but 15 home runs, 75 RBIs. This is what should strike you. His final 55 games, he had one home run and 20 RBIs and 234 plate appearances. Last 55 games, White Sox crashed and burned. They are one of the favorites. People thought they could be representing the American League in the World Series. They were like a chic offseason pick. People thought, look out for the White Sox. They play on the east side, west side. Where do they play? I believe it's the, uh, if, I, if I remember my Chicago geography well, it's the south side of Chicago. You sure it's not north? Um, I've, heard, I've heard a couple hundred times on our broadcast during the season they play on the south side. Just making sure. 
Because I don't want you to go, no, no, it's on the east side. Do they ever mention the east side or west side of Chicago? Because it's always the north side's the Cubs, south side's the White Sox. Is there anything going on in the east and the west? I don't think so. I've never actually been to Chicago, but, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard well, anyone mention way. You go up to the uh, – which tower is it there? Is it the Hancock Building? Uh, it's Is that the Sears Tower? Is it the Sears Tower? Let me make sure they have, a, they have a bar there at the top. Chicago is flat. Yeah, it's a Sears Tower. Or it's right, like called Willis Tower. Sears, uh, Hancock's in New York. Yeah, they renamed it to uh, Willis Tower. It used to be Sears. So you go up there, they have this killer bar, and you can you can eat there too. It's a restaurant bar, but people go up there for the view. I went up there one time. I've been up there when it was raining, you couldn't see anything, and I've been up there when it's clear. You can basically see all of Illinois. It's as flat as this table right here. But I didn't know if I was looking towards the east, the west, the north, or the south. The south, so I could see the south siders. But yeah, three years, sixty million for a guy who's thirty-six years old. It's the first major deal of the offseason. And when we go to San Diego on Monday, and we're talking to everybody, I mean, obviously everything's going to be around Judge. But I have a bad feeling everything's going to be around a group of teams, and that's it. Like, we're going to talk Yankees. Whenever I see breaking news now, now I'll be paranoid. Hugh Freeze agrees to a deal to become Auburn's next head football coach. Lane Kiffin obviously is staying at Old Miss. Nobody cares. All right, um... I think you're going to see Yankees. I think you're going to see Mets. I think you're going to see Dodgers. I think the Astros are going to be in there. I think the Padres are going to be in there. I think the Blue Jays are going to be in there. I think the Giants are going to be in there. Maybe the Mariners. I mean, you're going to you're going to see a group of teams that are going to San Diego. Add, add, add. What's everybody else going to do, Cody? Wait and see, essentially. I mean, you mentioned it. The Braves are another team to watch. Oh, see yeah, Braves. What, Braves, see what they do. I mean, people from the people I follow. Okay, into- well, like the Braves. The Braves are a question. Will they go after DeGrom? But uh, the problem uh, with them is they've got to sign Dansby, and then they're now up against, I believe it's the first or second luxury tax. And signing someone like DeGrom takes him up to the third. But, I mean, if more than half the league is not doing anything but signing one-year deals, making trades, adding prospects, I don't think you can say that means the game's healthy. That game's healthy by everybody's making money, which is good news. Bad news is you're going to have more than half the league going, meh. That's not good news. Yeah, like, I know a lot of people from what I read on Twitter, and I'm like you, I believe everything I read on Twitter anymore. Um, a lot of people were, were surprised and actually like excited when the, the news broke that the Pirates signed Carlos Santana to a one-year deal for like almost $7 million because they don't ever do that. Okay, cool, but they also signed a, vet, a veteran guy to help a young team, sure. 
but are they, they're probably not going to sign anybody else, really. And you mentioned all the teams. So, and it's a one-year deal. And it's a one-year deal. It's not like they. It's not like they locked up a guy long-term or signed a free agent to a multi-year deal. They're not going to do that. The Rays aren't going to do that. Um, it's it's unfortunate, but that's the way the game is right now. Yeah, I mean, are, are Baltimore going to? I mean, there could be until we see it. Baltimore, are they going to be players? They kind of claim they are. Where the, I didn't mention the Red Sox. I mean, Red Sox are losing guys. Xander Bogarts, Philly. I mean, so there's a group of teams that could spend. We don't know if they are, but then there's teams we know they're not going there to buy. And it's going to be, and I don't want to harp on it when we're down there because that'll be Debbie Downer. I want to do it now just to remind everybody, and I may reference this, this is what the last five years CBA has led us to. And you're going to see it now the next couple of years. Probably the biggest divide of haves and have-nots. You're going to see it. And unfortunately, right now, where the A's are, we're a have-not. We're not in go mode. Hopefully, we'll get back there soon. Now, our, our situation, obviously, is very complicated. Far different from most people's because, you know, we're having to deal with the ballpark and everything. And that's... Um, that it is what it is. Do we have the San Francisco Bay Area Radio Hall of Famer, the great Marty Lurie with us? Good. Perfect. Beautiful. How was your Thanksgiving? Very nice. Very nice. Glad to get it out of the way. It's another day closer to baseball. Yeah, it was It was like a couple weeks ago. I was, you know, I'm starting to get ready for the winter meetings. We'll be down there, and I – doing research, and someone just popped this up. 100 days till pitchers and catchers report. I was like, just 100 days? We just feel like I got done with this season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be here before you know it. I know. It's good. It's all good. Yeah. We need the time off anyway. But things are going to start happening here in the next week or so. You know, an interesting way to look at business is when you've got a guy and you want him, you make sure you go get him. And you don't let anything stand in your way, kind of what the Houston Astros just did with Jose Abreu. As there were rumors that San Diego was interested, he lives in Florida in a house just south of Miami. So they were thinking maybe the Marlins and Tampa Bay, no state taxes, all that, blah, blah, blah. Astros went out and said, nope, three years, 60 million, you're our guy. They made it happen. How much do you think that's possibly going on with Aaron Judge? and the San Francisco Giants, that they want to wrap it up as fast as possible and not get into this back and forth between them and the Yankees? Well, they'd like to do that, but unfortunately the Yankees are involved. So once you get the Yankees involved, things are never going to be simple. And the Yankees have said publicly that they're going to top any offer. So the best friend right now for Aaron Judge is the San Francisco Giants because they're making a market for him. And uh, the Yankees have said, look, I don't care what the offer is. We're going to top it. So if the Giants come in at $320 million for eight years, uh, the Yankees, they'll go back to the Yankees. The Yankees will say, okay, we'll give you $390 million for eight <laughs> years. Then they'll go back to the Giants and say, hey, can you give us $410 million? And the Giants will say, it's been a pleasure. And he'll end up going back to the Yankees. Well, no one unless knows more. Be, unless he wants, Chris, unless he wants to be – in, in uh, Northern California, 
And you don't know that about the kid because he's going to get a ton of money anyway. But this whole thing seems to me created by the agent. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, You know as much about baseball history as anybody we know. And, of course, you grew up in New York and know all about the market. You know, I've said this. You know, when you think about your legacy and when it's over, you want to have that plaque in Monument Park next to Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Derek Jeter and Reggie Jackson and those guys. There's something to that, Marty, that I don't think any other franchise can offer him. Agreed. Uh, And I said it on the air last week. You know, Northern California is wonderful. Linden is his home and all that. But it's Saturday night. The game ends early. He goes home to Linden and says, hey, I think I'll go see a movie. Or if I'm in New York, I'll go to Broadway and see a show. So, you know, what do you want to do? And he's had a taste of the Big Apple. And he's he's a big star there. They love him. I don't care if they boot him during the playoffs. That's kind of New York baseball. But it's the lifestyle. Again, I don't know what's in his mind, but I wouldn't put too much emphasis on Hey, I want to come home and play. Not not once you're in New York. If he signs with the Dodgers, will you feel the I wanted to come home and play too? <laughs> he signs with the Dodgers. Uh, I, I can't believe that's going to happen. I just can't believe that'll happen. I, the Yankees have said they're going to offer him the most money. And unless he really wants to get out of New York, he'll be a Yankee. And I just think about the deal, Marty. It, the the numbers for a guy his age, it's you know it's been a long time since Pujols signed that deal with the Angels, but that was a disaster. You don't get better as you get older, and we have never seen a player ever his size. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen Frank Howard, we've seen some tall guys, Winfield, and, yeah, yeah and, and Dave obviously won the great, but I mean a lot of big guys don't age well. He's the biggest guy we've ever seen. So, I mean, you're somebody who covers the Giants as well as anybody. Could could it be a situation where the fans might be angry you don't get them, but in the end it might be a relief that you're not going to be on the hook for when he's 36, 37, 38, and you're paying them huge dollars? I think for the Giants, uh, they feel that way. Um, and, again, you're 100% right. Big guys do not age well as ball players. They need a lot of help. They need a shortstop. They need a pitcher. They need an outfielder. They've got to settle a couple other positions, first base, second base, what have you. They need so much that you can't get caught up just with Aaron Judge. The sooner he makes a decision, the better off it will be for the Giants. But I personally feel the Giants should go out and get Bassett away from Bob Melvin, who loves Bassett, uh, in San Diego, go get Chris Bassett to, or Taiwan Walker, go get Correa, go get Mitch Hanniger, who you know quite well from Seattle, who's been hurt. Start putting your team together because the only thing that's going to bring the fans back, yeah, Aaron Judge will be exciting for a couple of weeks, but if you're 14 and 22, you're not going to be that excited about it. And he's pitchable, he's pitchable, you know, it, in the world today and you've played enough ball, they don't throw fastballs all the time. They throw sliders. And that's all he's going to see are sliders, slider, slider. 
and he may not get off to the best start. So in my opinion, the Giants have to get away from putting all their eggs in the judge basket, make their offer, see what the Yankees do. If he wants to be here, he's welcome to be here. But if there's any hesitation, go out and get Carlos Correa now before the Cubs grab him. Go get Trey Turner before the Phillies grab him. Get Dansby Swanson before the Braves get him. Get Bogarts before he goes back to Boston or goes to Baltimore. You got to take care of shortstop because this market is full of shortstops. And if yeah. there's another year, there are third basemen or outfielders, you'd go after that. But the shortstops are the impact players in this market. So I say get the decision done from him. Give him an ultimatum, as Larry David likes to say. An ultimatum? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know by December 7th, are you coming here or not? And if you're not, it's been a pleasure. I totally agree. And everything you said was spot on. And I got to tell you, the NL West is really interesting because the Dodgers, I mean, they got to replace their left side. They've got Walker Bueller's going to be out. This is a team that won 111 games. And they left the postseason with a bitter taste in their mouth after owning the Padres for years, losing to the Padres. Padres have decisions to make. So this three-headed monster of L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, a lot of moves to be made. But since we're going into uh, the winter meetings, and you're my, my, my favorite historian, when did the winter meetings really start to take place and matter and what was it like back in the day before? Because now it's this big event and everybody shows up and we're honored to be there. And what was it like years ago? Well, it, interleague trading has started in 1959 and it culminated at, at the winter meeting. So you had wild trades of, of players going from one league to the next. And we had never seen that before. You couldn't trade like the American League and the National League couldn't trade with each other? Waivers, not without waivers, that started wow. around 1959. So at that point, it was very exciting to see someone from the White Sox going to the Cincinnati Reds, that Juan Pizarro could go to the White Sox, or Gene Freeze could go uh, to the to the Reds from the White Sox, or vice versa. Uh, Johnny Callison. I mean, all these names that I remember. It was very exciting. The winter meetings have always been something special, I think. And now they're back to being exciting again because the free agents have to get things done over the next couple of weeks. And it seems like the winter meetings are the time to do it because if you don't make your deal at the winter meetings, you know how baseball shuts down yeah. the last few weeks of December and you're not going to get much done. And if you don't have your deal done, all of a sudden things are going to start popping and you may get left out. And all of a sudden, it's January. We're starting to think about spring training and teams are being put together. So I think there's some pressure to get stuff done at the winter meetings. And if there are any trades, which is very tough to do that, the winter meetings is kind of when you like to do it. Baseball knows they have to grab the spotlight December 4th to December 7th because we're right in the middle of the, the bowl season is starting. The college playoff is starting for the football and the team's we got the NFL in December, and this is the chance for baseball to do something in December. So I think there's pressure on everybody to make things happen at the winter meetings. But to answer your question, years ago, it was great. 
The Rule 5 draft was a big deal. Roberto Clemente got picked in the Rule 5 draft. Jorge Bell, the great player for Toronto, uh, was picked in the Rule 5 draft. So there were moments in, in that winter meetings when you had a lot of fun. But the interleague trades for me, probably the most exciting that I ever remember. Oh, that would be I, – I, I didn't know that, and that would have been like all of a sudden you're a National League town. You're getting to see an American League guy for the first time ever. I mean, yeah, that is – that's fascinating stuff. And you've got to think, too, for these guys, you know, you don't know how many moments in your career you get to be the guy that signs a huge contract and everybody knows about it and it's announced everywhere and it's on broadcast and it's on the internet and it's everywhere. It's your, it's your time to shine inside a team sport. And when you, we saw it in 2019, we were right next, we were right next to the, the yes network. They had their old TV staff there. And when they signed Garrett Cole, the place absolutely erupted. It's like you get one time in your life to have this, this situation as a big free agent. Yeah, yeah, managers got named uh, at the winter meetings from time to time. Uh, there was always some baseball news going on, and you're right. Uh, you know, all of a sudden they say, well, there's a press conference in 20 minutes. Uh, the Angels are yeah. going to say something. <laughs> and all of a sudden there was Pujols going to the Angels or Rhett Rendon uh, going to the Angels. And I don't know. You've got Verlander to deal with here. Where is he going to go? Will he go to the Dodgers? Will he go back to Houston? He wants to win 300 games. He has to go to a winner, see what happens with him. What are the Mets going to do? Brandon Nimmo is, has Met written all over him. DeGrom looks like he's going to go somewhere else. Rodon, what do you do with him? Fastball pitcher, five years. What happens when he loses the fastball? He's not a slider guy. This is not DeGrom. This is not Verlander. This is 95, 97 at the top of the zone. But when it's 94 up there, he's very hittable. So the, does Toronto invest in him? Bruce Bochy's dying for pitchers. Come on, they traded for Jake Odorizzi. Please, really? Uh, so, you know, Texas needs some pitching too, and Bochy's been promised that they'll spend money. So there's some fascinating things that could go on. Yeah, when you start thinking about Dusty Baker winning the title and you think of Buck Showalter winning National League Manager of the Year, you see Bruce Bochy coming back, you know, you're starting at Dayton Moore's getting a job, you're, you're seeing these guys, you know, even though he, Dayton Moore was released from, from the Royals, you know, there's just something about bringing in these guys, these veteran guys. Our sport went so young, analytics – it seems like it's starting to drift back the other way. Are you getting that feeling now with the older guys, the value of having somebody that's been there, done that, the value of somebody who is a great communicator. As I always say, Marty, some guy has to sit at the front of the bus, at the front of the plane, and he's got to lead the franchise. Are we starting to see more value in these guys again? Yeah, I think so. I, I do think so, especially with the success of Rob Thompson, who is a baseball lifer that walked into Philadelphia and did what he did. I think uh, Terry Francona, uh, Dusty, Buck Showalter, Bochy is back, Bob Melvin. Uh, so look what Joe Madden, Joe Madden blew the lid off of all this by saying what's going on. So yeah, I think teams are more sensitive. They're never going to get away from analytics. It's never going to happen. The A's are deeply involved in it. 
uh, the way they do their thing. Mark Kotze is a wonderful guy, but I guarantee you he's told about the lineup and things like that. So it's always going to be part of the game. But I think now it may stay out of the clubhouse to some degree. Yes, like Joe Madden said, give me all the stats, give me everything, but let me manage the game. I think we're going to get more of that as opposed to, look, if it gets to the fifth inning and the three, four, five hitters are coming up, bring in this guy. And that's what we want you to do. I think Dave Roberts is going to get away from that a little bit. And yes, I think we're, we're going back somewhat to what we used to see. Never get rid of analytics. It's terrific. But I think we're going to get it out of the clubhouse, like Joe Madden said, and let the manager manage the game. Now it'll be interesting to see. It's amazing how sports works. It's a copycat league. And all of a sudden, if you have teams with older managers, maybe reverting a little more back to old school winning, people yeah, will go sure. that way. I mean, it's just, it's just how sports and business works. Everybody's going to fo follow teams that are successful. And Rob Thompson, it's been reported. I didn't even know this. I don't know if you knew this. He was playing to retire after this year. He went into spring training, I guess, one of the spring training games for the Phillies. I mean, Joe Girardi was the manager at the time. He took out the lineup card, and that was kind of like the last time he was going to do that, and that he was going to retire after this year. I didn't know that. Uh, wonderful guy, you know, from Canada. Short career in baseball as a player. Uh, was part of the Yankees for years and years. Had all sorts of jobs with the Yankees under Steinbrenner and all that. And then uh, Girardi brought him over to Philly uh, as the bench coach. And he had no idea being a manager. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Girardi couldn't really control the clubhouse. And the team was off to a bad start. Tension all over the place. Goodbye, Joe Girardi and Rob Thompson. I told when I met him, I said, you know, Rob, you remind me of Jack McKeon. When Jack McKeon took over the Marlins in, in 2003, and they ended up winning the World Series, come on, over, over the Yankees. It was a great World Series with Josh Beckett. Jack McKeon used to sit on the bench, like Bobby Cox used to do, and he'd sit on the bench, smoke a cigar before the game. And I said to Rob Thompson, after meeting him and talking to him for a while, I said, you know, Rob, you ought to be sitting on the bench smoking a cigar because you remind me of Jack McKeon. And that's the kind of mentality that I think is coming back to baseball. And I like Rob Thompson a lot. I'm so glad he had good success. I probably wouldn't have handled his pitching the way he did towards the end of the World Series, but he got him there. Uh, the, what, sick number six seed? He got him to win the pennant. How about that? How do you feel about the Dodgers, the way they went out, you know, at the end of that game against the San Diego Padres, they got a bunch of relievers who are making like $700,000 a year. They're spending millions on front office, millions on technology, millions on independent contractors. They got all these PhD guys that are breaking down all this stuff. And in the end, you're living and dying with a couple guys making 700 grand. Now, obviously, they, they didn't hit either. But when you look at the Dodgers, they've got a lot of guys to replace. I mean, Bellinger was once looked at as a, maybe a potential $300 million contract. That's not happening. As we mentioned, the whole left side's gone. Your ace pitcher is gone. Just when you look at the Dodgers for a team that won 111 games, isn't it crazy how vulnerable they see as of right now? Yeah, and that's the way baseball works. Uh, and, you know, 
when you get into uh, a season, you win 111, which is a tremendous number. Let's face it. Other than the Cubs in 1908 or 1906 and the the Mariners and the Yankees, teams don't get to that level, the Cleveland Indians in 54. But it's interesting when you take a team with 111 wins and you match them up in a playoff of three games or five games or seven games against a team that won 87 games. Everything is now even. It's now even. So you, you can't get caught up on the 111 versus 87. That's the first thing for me. Because in a three, five-game series, everything is equal. Because it takes one win, and all of a sudden, the game looks different. But to go to your point, to your question of the Dodgers looking different, I think they've got some real issues here. Um, and I agree. You'd rather see the big ticket items at the end of the game, but it didn't matter. They were so flat, and they couldn't do anything anyway out of that bullpen. They were awful coming out of that bullpen, and they had guys on rehab coming back from arm injuries, and it got exposed. It got exposed a lot. And let's see what they do this year. They Will they get a shortstop? Will they go after Dansby Swanson? I think they'll trade for a shortstop. I think the Dodgers will trade for the Cleveland shortstop Rosario, something like that. Uh, we'll see what they do at third base. But uh, I think they got a real shot at Verlander. And uh, we'll see what happens there. But th- they will do things. They've got the money and they have the farm system to deal, which is a big, big part of what they do. You know, I don't know if I know anybody who reads more, knows more about the history of our game not only at the big league level, but also in the minor leagues, the collection of books that you have, all the research that you do, just tell the fans when it's the off season and it's, we're heading towards Christmas. We just got out of Thanksgiving. What are you reading right now? What are you researching? What's the project you're on right now? Well, uh, I, I actually am involved a little bit in the overall picture of baseball and trying to get a handle on where the game's going next year. So I'm in Arizona. I went to fall league games. And what I'm thinking about these days really are the rule changes. And let me tell you, this pitch clock is fabulous. What do you see happen with the pitch clock? You can't have a reliever rubbing the ball up, walking at the back of the mound and cleaning the spikes. You get the ball, you got 20 seconds to throw it with somebody on base, and the older veteran pitchers are going to be challenged doing this. Believe me, the young pitchers who have been in the minor leagues for a while will get used to it. But where do you watch a game with the pitch clock? Dramatically different. Then I saw games without the shift, and it took me about 10 seconds to, to forget about the shift. Then <laughs> back. Here's a second baseman, there's a shortstop. You may shade that way, but you don't have the shift. So that's different for me as well. So I got into that. Uh, Throwing over to first base. If you throw over twice, it's okay. A third time, you better get them. Come on, are you kidding me? Ricky Henderson would steal 300 in in something like that. So we should see more running if that rule is in effect for next year. The bigger bases, I got to see that. Uh, I don't think that made much of a difference to me as a fan watching. Um, in some games uh, in the fall league, they had the 
uh, computerized strike zone, which is coming. It's coming. It's seamless. And it's going to give the manager a couple of challenges on pitches that maybe were out of the zone that got called by the computer. So that's coming. So I think for me, it's just sitting back and trying to think of what next year could look like. And then once December 4th comes around, it's going to be bang, 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 bang. Signings, player movement, and December 4th to the 7th will be a big deal. So that's it for me. Um, and basically, kind of, I looked at the uh, Hall of Fame committee uh, today to see who was on it. Yeah. Um, looking at the Hall of Fame ballot, which is coming up uh, the end of December to see what's going to happen with Beltron. Will the stain of Garbage Gate or Garbage Can Gate or whatever you want to call it keep him out of the Hall of Fame? He's a borderline Hall of Famer, but if you look at the whole crowd, he may be the best one. So there's a lot of things just going on right now uh to think about in the game but i'm waiting i'm sitting back waiting for things to happen that's what i'm sitting back waiting for well on sunday the contemporary baseball era committee is gonna vote and you know the bonds clemens that crew and some great players dale murphy a two-time mvp in center field when i was a kid that guy was as good as anybody don mattingly was an mvp argue one of the best players of the 80s. Fred McGriff was a terrific player. Guys that just didn't get voted in, they kind of got lumped in in the steroid era, some of them. How do you think Sunday's vote is going to go? Well, I, number one, uh, they announced the committee today, so I was waiting to see that. And you got Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Jack Morris, Brian Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell. Of, of the Hall of Famers. Now, you need 12 of 16 votes. And if you look at the players, there's seven right there. These players are not going to vote for steroid guys. They played the game the way they played it, without steroids. And they achieved Hall of Fame records without steroids. I don't think they're going to bend over backwards to give a pass to Clemens, Bonds. Schilling is just a, a an outspoken person who, who's kind of hurt his chances with that. But when I looked at the committee here and realized Steve Hurt is on it, who is, you know, the statistician for baseball, the Elias crowd for years, you think he's going to forget about the fact that Bonds had 73 home runs on steroids and screwed up all his, his timeline of baseball? So I think the steroid guys are in trouble. Uh, Albert Bell doesn't deserve it. Mattingly the short career, the back stopped him. I think Dale Murphy's got a shot. I think Dale Murphy's got a shot. I think he he is looked at as a, an outstanding player, two-time MVP. Palmero, I don't think he was ever considered a Hall of Famer. Schilling should have a shot, but I think if he, he just can't stay out, he's like Pete Rose. He can't stay out of his own way. I think the guy that gets in is McGriff. 493 home runs. And why why did he become famous? You know why, Chris? Tom Amansky. And the video, <laughs> the video is what got him in front of the whole world. And that's what got Fred because Fred McGriff had a good career. Oh. A very good career. But the Tom Amansky thing, I now know his face. I it's part of it. So I don't know. I think I think Fred McGriff is the guy that gets in. 
I don't think these Hall of Famers are going to vote for the steroid guys or any of the borderline guys. And there's so many, seven of them, of the 16. You need 12. There's not going to be enough support from the other from the other cat, uh, the other people on the committee. So I don't think anybody's getting in other than McGriff, maybe Murphy. I'll never forget his, it was a bad hat that he had on. It was like to the side. It was a shirt that was too small for him. And they played that on ESPN over and over and over. And it was like, it was like, well, they, you know, back then ESPN only had so many commercials and they played the Tom Amaska. It was amazing how many times they played that spot. Never stopped. They shot it in the little league field and he revealed recently that he never, ever saw the video. <laughs> he called the world on that video. This is the best thing. This helped my career. This changed, yeah. this, changed that. He said he never, ever saw the video. And um, I don't know. I thought it humanized him. Uh, he was on a number of teams. But that 493 in home runs, come on. Lou Gehrig is at, what, 493. Um, you can't. He was at an area where 500 got you in. So seven short, I think he should be in. Yeah, one of the few guys that led the American League and the National League in home runs. I mean, he was he was underrated defensively. He was a winning player. He was a feared slugger. When Fred McGriff was with the Blue Jays and then the Padres and then the Braves, he was feared when he came to the plate. Yep. Yeah, he was. You're right. And he had a nickname. He was the crime dog. He had a nickname, and that helps a lot, too. Uh, on, on your way out here, um, always try and – because I know people are always at this time of the year, I'm already doing it. Like, what am I going to get somebody? What am I going to get my brother? What am I going to – you're always kind of trying to figure out. And the people who watch it, the great thing about this show, Marty, we are the one show. That talks baseball year round. We don't go to football. We don't go to basketball. We don't go to all we do is talk baseball year round. We're at the winter meetings. We'll be at fantasy camp, then down to spring training. We go all year long. So I try and, and figure out what would be what's a book that you've read recently that we could recommend to the listeners saying, hey, if you've got a baseball fan, you're looking at the book's a great gift because it's not expensive and people always appreciate that you really thought about it, went out and got a gift like this. What is a good book you could recommend somebody give that baseball fan for Christmas? Well, I like the question. You know, every Sunday on the show, I do uh, a book review, so to speak, with an author who's uh, done a book about baseball and it's very popular. It's been it's been terrific. Uh, a couple come to mind. One is the uh, the book on Jim Thorpe. Uh, David Moranis uh, wrote it. Jim Thorpe had an amazing, amazing impact in the early 1900s on sports, the Carlisle Indian School, but he had a baseball career. Jim Thorpe was a New York Giant for a number of years, and Jim Thorpe was brought in because of the name and the publicity that he could give to the team. Because of Jim Thorpe, the Giants and White Sox went on a world tour because the people in the world knew Jim Thorpe. So the Jim Thorpe story, I think, is outstanding. The second one is the uh, Ricky Henderson book by Howard Bryant. Yeah, I really liked it because I know a lot of people in it, Fred Atkins and different people like that, and uh, Mr. Gwynn and 
Ricky getting signed and Shooty is in there and Shooty is shooting his mouth off a lot in there. Uh, it's fabulous to hear what he's got to say about Billy Martin. The, so the Ricky Henderson book, absolutely, absolutely very good. And the third one is the one that Tyler Kepner put out and it came out uh, just around the World Series. It's the history of the World Series. And he has a very interesting way of doing it of different parts of the World Series, the players who you never heard of who do things, uh, the great pitching matchups, or things that happen in the World Series. And I really started reading it. And every night I would just pick up another chapter and read it. I said, boy, this is really good. Uh, so Tyler Kepner, K-E-P-N-E-R, New York Times, uh, his book is really good. So I'd say of those three, Bob Ryan's book, uh, keeping score, it always kept score at 1,800 games. Wherever he went, he had a scorecard uh, from the Boston Globe. Uh, Bob Ryan's book was really good. Uh, I'd say those those come to mind very quickly. You know, I got to ask you one more. I, I don't want to keep you too long, but I could talk to you all day. Marty, I could talk to you every day, all day. I could sit there and talk baseball with you. Um, I thought about Ricky Henderson when I think about Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa really show and I have nothing but respect for him as a player even though he has a problem staying healthy but when he did the pre and post game show on TBS they really allowed him to show this side which a lot of people thought was fascinating I don't think it's great though where he started talking about these are the numbers you look at if you want to get paid and then he started talking about how he talks to the younger players saying this is what you need to concentrate on if you want to get paid because these are what the front offices are looking at. And immediately it made me think of Ricky Henderson. Yeah. yeah Ricky yeah. Henderson, like if you go to Ricky Henderson's stats and you say this is one of the greatest players of all time, he must have just played with one team his entire career because who would ever let this guy go? And then you look around and you go, Seattle Mariner, great Ricky Henderson. Padre, great. Dodger, great. Red Sox, great. Angel, great Ricky Henderson. It's crazy to think Ricky Henderson played for all these different teams. And here we have Carlos Correa. I don't know if he's going to get that big deal that he's looking for. He thought he'd get it last year and didn't get it. But he's still a young man, and he's now going to be on his third team. Yep, 28 years old, 28. And he's the youngest of that whole free agent class of shortstops. He'll get paid. Uh, he had he had a solid year in the in the numbers world of 128 OPS and WAR more than the other Trey Turner and the other people. So he's going to get paid and he'll get paid plenty. But you bring up a great point about Ricky. Ricky was motivated by money, and it's okay. I mean that's what he wanted. He loved the records, but for him he wanted to be the highest paid. Remember he held out one year because someone else got more money than him and he wanted to get, he wanted to be the highest paid player and held out in spring training. Uh, there's a lot about that with Ricky because when he signed baseball had, had you over a barrel and it was only because of some free agency, but Ricky sort of wore out his welcome a little bit. You know, Ricky goes from the A's to the Yankees. It didn't work with the Yankees at all. And they were thrilled to send them back to the A's for who was it? Eric Plunk was in one of those trades. Yeah. Greg Cattare and people like that. Um, Ricky's an interesting story, but money was his motivator. Money was very important to him from getting lowballed when the A's drafted him 
right up to the arguments that he had with Sandy Alderson till he got traded the first time to the Yankees, and that was part of it. Well, I got to tell you, it is always a treat. You know how much A's fans love you for your work around A's baseball for all those years, and what you do on KMBR is second to none. Uh, do you have a podcast going right now? Uh, nope. I, I'm on KMBR every once in a while. You know, the uh, FP will have me on, or someone will have Greg Popper or someone else. But basically, just uh, enjoying life and, as I say, reading about Can you see me here? Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm wearing today? It's a – you got to go up. A, it's an elephant. It's an A. Yeah, this yeah. is the Philadelphia A's Historical Society. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and it was uh, 21 years ago that I went there this time of year. And I interviewed, uh, God, Bobby Shantz and all these former Philadelphia athletics for the 100 years of A's baseball. And I did a show every day, like you do, every day on the pregame of an interview of someone from the 100 years of A's baseball, from the beginning of the Philadelphia A's right up to the current uh, Oakland A's in 2001. How about that? Do you got any idea how many people you've interviewed? (laughs) <laughs> 10,000. I mean, it's, a, it's insane. I mean, it's a man. I mean, the, the amount of uh, kids look up what a cassette tape is, but Marty's probably got more cassette tape interviews. I mean, I, it, I, you would, I remember watching you, you'd be in a clubhouse and the amount of guys you'd get in one clubhouse session was amazing. Yeah. Well, look, I did the show. It went from 20 minutes to 90 minutes before every A's game, exhibition game, regular season game, or playoff game, every game. And I did those shows with my own interviews. So think of how many people I had an interview to do a 60-minute show or a 90-minute show. And and I always I, – I would – that Korak said it. I was the hardest working guy ever at the Oakland Coliseum because I'd run back and forth to the different clubhouses and I'd have to get things done. And I put them all together. I've got them all, many of them on CD. And uh, we put a lot of the interviews, we've made them digital now. Uh, so it, it's fun. But yeah, Chris, it's been quite a ride. This will be year I started in 96. So what is this year, 27 or 28? I don't know what it is. Well, that's why we bring you on. We don't bring you on to talk Giants baseball. We bring you on as an as a baseball historian because nobody knows more about baseball than you, my friend. And there's a reason why you're in the San Francisco Radio Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Hey, come on. I, I've been to the crypt of Connie Mack in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it all. I've seen Ruth Mack Clark, who I loved, the daughter of Connie Mack, took me to the family crypt to see where Connie Mack was buried. So how many how many people involved with A's baseball have done that? Not many. Well, let's do this. When we get back from the winter meetings, let's see what happens and let's do this again and kind of break down what happened at the winter meetings in San Diego. Pleasure. Always a pleasure, Chris. All right, buddy. You be well. You know, have a good holiday. The Hall of Famer, Marty Lurie, right here on A's Cast Live. He is the best. I didn't know that. The National League and the American Pete, Pete, Young Baseball. See, I, I, I'm at least old enough to remember when the National League and the American League were different. 
right? They were different. They had they had their own commissioners, or no, they had their own presidents. You had the commissioner, and it's, it was like the mob. You had the mob boss, and then this guy was the head of this, this, you know. So you had the family, which would be like the Gambino family, right? And then you had the two presidents of the league, and they were, I mean, it's like crazy. They were different. The National League and the American League were different, different leagues. I never knew they couldn't trade with each other. That's fascinating. There's a lot to get to. We, we got to play some of our great sponsors here. Don't forget the link down below. This is your last chance for tickets, parking for only $4.99 for all Friday night games, and you get opening day. This is an amazing deal. Click on it. Cody, read it real quick because if people are just listening on A's cast, how can they get this? So grab a Friday four-pack presented by Chevrolet, four tickets and one parking pass at lower-level plaza or treehouse seating for only $49 and 85% saving off the regular price. The deal is valid for any Friday home game and for opening night. Lower-level Friday four-packs will not be available at this price point again this season, so don't miss out. Visit athletics.com slash fan values. That's athletics.com slash fan values to get your tickets today. The deal ends today, Cyber Monday, at 11.59 tonight, so don't miss out. Athletics.com slash fan value. All right, a lot to get to there. I mean, we still got to get to the Brayu signing he said something about Verlander that I really agree. I mean, Marty Lurie, break, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, for God's sakes. He breaks it down. We need to respond next right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Welcome back to A's Cast Live. Robert Ford from the Houston Astros will join us in 15 minutes. How excited are they about Jose Abreu? Now going to man first base for the next three years for the Astros. And what about Verlander? Because as Martin just said, he thinks Verlander could go to the Dodgers. I agree. And it might not be so much that because he wants to join Dodger Blue and that whole thing. I think you have to look at for where Verlander is. If you watched any of the postseason celebrations or if you watched MLB Network when he won the Cy Young Award with his daughter, you know, Verlander is a guy that got started late. He didn't get married early. He got married later on. Some might call him smart. But he got married later on to his supermodel wife. That plays a big part in Kate Upton. She's a global superstar. Where is their house? It's in Los Angeles. And that beautiful little girl that you saw after he won the Cy Young Award and she got up there with the TR and everything, that's the love of his life. She's not growing up in Houston. She's going to grow up in L.A. So when you start thinking about, okay, where does he want to go? Yeah, I mean, 
it's a business. They understand it's a business. He's accomplished everything that he can accomplish in Houston. Now won two World Series titles. He's won a Cy Young, 39 years old. The quest now is to win 300 games, so he has to go to a team or stay with this team, the Astros. He's got to go to a winning team to do this. This isn't necessarily about the money. It's like, yeah, he wants money, but where can I win? I need to win. But don't kid yourself. As this kid gets older, this kid, mama's in L.A. Mama's career with everything that she does, modeling, Modeling takes you around the world, but she, you see her on different TV shows. She does movies. She's mama's based in LA and that little girl, they only have one child. Is that correct? I think you're right. Um, I, I should, I guess I should know more about the Verlander family. They could be trying again. I don't know. I just guarantee you that little kid is growing up in Los Angeles, not Houston, Texas. Yeah. It looks like they have just one. Um, yeah, just one kid as of now. Mark my word. I don't know what the daughter's name is. She's really cute. Great little personality. She's not growing up in Houston. The, the report out earlier today was Verlander was meeting with the uh, the Dodgers today. So we'll see. Sure. I, mean, I mean, we saw Abreu sign three years. Now the deal is being reported from Mark Berman of Fox 26 in Houston at $19.5 million per year. So a little under the $60 million, but still close enough to what he's getting. Round up. Yeah, we'll round up to $60 million. We're not the IRS. We can round up. You're going to have him for his age, what, 36 to 38 seasons. Hopefully he puts up the same productivity that he has prior to this year and what Gurriel's done because Gurriel's an older player at first base. Maybe they bring Gurriel back and he can DH and play part-time. I don't know, but maybe Gurriel sounds like an Oakland A already. He for sure does, and Verlander sounds like a Dodger. I mean – Say they miss out on Judge and they don't sign, you know, Correa or someone, and they sign like Dansby Swanson to play short because they're gonna if they lose out on Trey Turner, bringing in Verlander or Degrom, it would be a nice. Oh, so, Urias. Yep. Gonsolin. Gonsolin. Dustin May. Dustin May. Ginger Guard. Maybe better. I mean, he's. You never know how Tommy he came back from Tommy John, but is he ready for? I don't know. Kershaw. Kershaw. Verlander, yeah. you, and, and that's you, five right there. You could still, and then ch- they've got they've got three other kids that they they're really interested in bringing up. Yeah, and they can still try to sign a Degrom to a one year or Degrom to a one year deal or Carlos Rodon. If you get Verlander, you're not getting Degrom. Uh, probably correct. Yeah, because you, you're probably going to sign him to a multi year deal they for like forty. Go, they mil. don't have a left side of the infield right now. <laughs> that's true, Turner. Justin Turner a, is free well, agent too. It, you know what? They don't have a left side and they don't have a center fielder. So you don't have a center fielder, a shortstop, or a third base right now. So, yeah, okay, you add Verlander, but then you need to go out. Dodgers got a lot to do. Dodgers got to be busy. I'm expecting that when we're in San Diego, we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to see movement by L.A. I don't know how much San Francisco. Marty's right, and that Marty's dead on what the Giants need to do. They need legit pieces. Stop with the platooning. Stop with the splits. Go get some legit pieces and start signing those guys and let Judge go back to the Yankees and just start signing quality, really good players to big contracts and get back on track. Stop. Stop with the one guy and then, oh, God, what are we going to do? You get, It's that Marty's dead on with the Giants. And the Dodd, there's a lot of work to do. 
I mean, let's face it. Our man Tori Lavello and the D-backs played well. At If you take away the Dodgers' record against the D-backs, I believe they were over 500. Uh, they were. They played really well, and they have a lot of young um, talent. Corbin Carroll, um, their pitching staff, oh, Zach Gallen. They, they're out. They've got all kinds. But, but if you went back, because I read this at the end of the year in my MLB notes, if you took, because the Dodgers whooped them all year long. Yeah, I'm looking right now. They were 74 and 88, and against the Dodgers, they went four. They went five and 14 versus the Dodgers. So, they'd be 500 if you take all those losses away. Uh, yeah, they'd be over. I mean, if you split, <laughs> say you split with the Dodgers or win nine eight, you add four more wins to take away. You know how many lot you take away the losses. You're pretty close to 500 right there. They have so, a good. They have a good young team for sure. So that's that's. Can you add on that? So now that gives you four teams. With L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, Arizona, that with the right moves, you're going to spring training saying, "Hey, why not us?" You, well, you're not believing in us? you're not believing in Chris Bryant and the and the Colorado Rockies. Uh, he went there for the school districts. Uh, he went there Colorado. to hit. A, he went there to hit a home runs, and he hit zero home runs at Coors Field last year. That's zero. Right. I was, was Mike. I was Mike Hampton that went there for the school <laughs> districts. So yeah, you got four teams that. You make the right moves. Now, Arizona is not going to make the big moves, but San Diego keeps acting like they're going to make big moves. San Francisco's been talking big this offseason about moves. And L.A.'s got to continue their dominance. National League West, hey, what about what about the Angels? I know they're going to be for sale, but what about the Angels coming in and stepping up and saying, I don't see Verlander going there, but DeGrom to me – I, I don't know what to grind. You know what? I, I thought about this. We You learn certain things. And the Astros, I think, have taught us a few things. If the team that has you lets you walk, it says something. Because they know you better than anybody else. I mean, no one knows Carlos Correa better than the Houston Astros. Nobody knew Garrett Cole better than the Astros. They helped make him better. But still, they went, eh, not worth the money. Carlos Correa, eh, not worth the money. They've done that with quite a few guys. And they know that they can replace him. And they may may be doing that now with Verlander. Eh, not worth the money. So when, when the team that we say is so smart and... I'll give Jeffrey Lunau tons of credit. Lunau is not a baseball guy. Jeffrey Lunau is a business guy. He's a career consultant. He basically could work for anybody and make your business better because he's smart. He could go to an NFL team. He could go to a bank. He could go into anywhere. He understands business. Jeffrey Lunau wasn't down in the Dominican Republic signing all these guys for 75000 while other teams were giving like one guy five million, he was carpet bombing the Dominican with all kinds of guys and saying, Hey, as long as I get two or three, well, he wasn't the guy down there scouting him and signing him. But he's the business guy that made it all happen. And I got I can never remember that company, the famous consulting company. McKinsley. McKinsley. That's what he is. He's a consultant. He's brilliant, right? Lunau's brilliant. He's not a brilliant baseball mind. Like, he's not going to show up to some field and out, say, scout everybody what, what's going on. But he's brilliant with business, and they're still using what he did to this day. 
and they know when to say bye-bye to a player. You remember he's not, the, he's not worth the money. What was it a few years ago? Remember he was like going to cut back on scouting and just like pay people. That was an article in the Athletic, I think, that he was going to he was going to start cutting out scouts and and just pay people to video like you know pitchers and players they were trying to scout for drafts and international signings. And the thing and the thing about Lunau is Lunau is not the guy that's going to be watching this video. No, that's what the assistant GMs and scouts are for. He pays people to do that. Yeah. Lunau's yeah. smart as hell when it comes to business. There's no question. I've gotten to learn. Since you you now know I have a connection inside the Crane family. That's true, I've yes. Been I've been learning more about the Astros way. And I respect it. Don't like them, but I respect it. And if they say, if they let a guy go, I mean, it kind of speaks volumes, right? I don't know if Correa is going to get that deal. You thought he'd get that deal last year. And what did he get? A hundred something million out of Minnesota that was all about opt outs, and yeah. you knew it was basically a one year deal. Could he do that again? Apparently, the Twins want him. Uh, the Twins want him back. I mean, we'll see. Um, they got some guys. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if he goes to another team? Does another one of these four years, hundred and eighty million? I'm just throwing a number out there. Four years, hundred and eighty million, and the first two years of it, he's got an opt out. So he goes plays for somebody else again next year because next year won't be as loaded because you've got you've got Dansby, Bogarts, Turner, Correa, Willie Adamas is on the market according to reports with with the Milwaukee Bre- Milwaukee Brewers are ready to sell the house by the way if you believe some of the reports Woodruff Burns all the yeah. guy Rowdy Teles you know why I don't like Teles can I tell you why he's a lot of home runs but doesn't hit for average. He's a little too rowdy for me. Well done. Okay, uh, but all these guys are are um, Colton Wong. I mean, you might be able to get anybody from the Brewers, but this is a once again a loaded shortstop. Who's to say Correa doesn't sign a one year deal or signs one of these four year deals? Opts out again. Guy could be thirty years old and already played for four different teams. That kind of talent. Eh. That number you threw out there, the four for 180, that's uh, $45 million a year, meaning he'd be the highest-paid player in baseball. That might be a little much. <laughs> well, what was it like? You know what I'm saying, yeah. though, like four for – It was like three, three for – I think he was making like 30-something mil a year. Because remember, Bowers deal when he signed with the Dodgers made him like the highest-paid player AAV-wise when he signed it. million or something, something like that? Something like that, 40 or 40 – somewhere between like 40 and 42 a year. And by the way – I'll take that same theory. If the team that knows you best doesn't want you, that speaks volumes, right? If the team that loves you doesn't want you, scares me. Why is DeGrom out on the market right now? Fair. I, th- I think I saw something that the Mets are making him a, a top priority, but why, they're meeting with Verlander and uh, why would Senga. He, why, if, you're the Mets, if you're the Mets and you've got more money than anybody, Uncle Steve has more money than any other owner. The man is worth $16 billion. And he's not and he's not a business guy. He's not doing this like business. He likes the team. He's running it as a fan. He's a fan. And he's got $16 billion. There's no owner even close to him in baseball, right? Uh, that's correct. I don't think I couldn't even, even close. I couldn't think of anyone well, even close. I don't know if there's anyone even close to him in sports. So, uh, well, it would have been what's his name with the Seahawks? Oh, um, 
Paul Allen. Paul Allen. The late Paul Allen, right? He passed away, I think, a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, he passed away. Um, So, if Uncle Steve didn't want you to leave, you wouldn't leave. So, if DeGrom signs somewhere else, like Texas, you at 35 years out, DeGrom's made a ton of money. He's going to make a ton of money. If DeGrom leaves New York, where he's got a chance to win, to go to Texas, what does that tell you? Or Anaheim. What does that tell you? It's all about the money. And also, the Mets didn't want him that bad. The Mets are maybe like me. Maybe the Mets are like me, and they're going, this guy goes five, six innings every time. And I don't even know if he's ever going to be healthy for a full season. Why am I going to pay him all this money? You you mentioned the Angels. One thing we didn't bring up before we get to Robert Ford. Uh, they made another trade and got Hunter Renfro, a great defensive power-hitting outfielder. Uh, can I ask you, can he pitch? Can he play Ziotani? Can he do both? I, 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 I do like the deal for him. Yeah, I do too. I like, I like him way, as a player. By the way, you know what that means. That means somebody's available. Joe Adele. And what does he smell and look like? An Oakland A. <laughs> Top pick. Never lived up to potential. Didn't figure it out. Got his time, but didn't get his time. Just, you know. He's 23 years old, too. Sounds like an Oakland A already. I mean, they gave up on. Remember, they traded Brandon Marsh to the Phillies, and they got Mickey Moniak back. Two guys that were essentially supposed to be the futures of those franchises. Whoa, they whoa, switched whoa, places. Whoa. They got the they got the greatest catcher slash owner uh, of the Irish pub outside of the stadium guy. Oh, Hoppy. Oh, Hoppy. I can't remember what is his first name. Can we do we know his first name? It doesn't or does it I don't matter? I know his first name. Is his is is he's gonna have the catcher if he's as good as they say he's gonna be Logan O'Hoppy. What is it, Logan? Logan, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a pub outside of the Big A, and he's gonna kill it. Go to O'Hoppy. Hey, O'Hoppy gets a hit. Half off beers after the game. Go to O'Hoppy's. I could write the I could write the commercials for you now. Yeah, we're already giving them free free promo uh, ideas. Uh, also, he hasn't even opened it up yet. Also, uh, when we call, we're calling Robert Ford on the phone. So uh, yes. Uh, just a uh, note to our listeners that are on Ace Cast or watching on YouTube and Twitter, you're probably gonna hear the phone dial tone go over the air. So just just give everyone, I'm giving everyone a heads up on that. So I'll, let me get the number ready and I'll I'll call Robert Ford. But let's just we'll head into the winter meetings with with the belief of if the team that has you and loves you doesn't aggressively go out to sign you, something's wrong. Robert Ford, play-by-play man for the World Series champs. Hello. Robert, how you doing? It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland Athletics. I'm doing great. Well, it's great to hear your voice, and congratulations, because once again, it's World Series champion Houston Astros. What a run you guys had this year. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to have a front-row seat to everything, for sure. You know, when you go through that, just take us through, because, you know, it's been a long time since the A's have been through that. Just, you know, you're flying around the team. You're around the team every day. You see it happen. You see, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's talking about the playoffs. All right, it's going to be the number one seed. The number one seed. Then you get in the postseason. You steamroll people. Just talk about the process and going through the year. Well, I mean, you know, first of all, it was great. This was the first year since 2019, which we were traveling for the full season. So uh, yeah. just that alone uh, was, was a blessing to, to be able to get back and do the job the way, the way it was meant to be done. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, 
January and December are the only two months uh, in 2022 in which the Astros uh, will not play a game, uh, a game of some sort. Um, so, you know, it winds up being a pretty long season, but that's all part of it. And if you're going to play that long, you might as well win the whole thing. No doubt about it. And I got to thank for and for the fan base and for some of the players, because only some just what happened in 17 and everything that's gone on. What did it mean to the franchise to now? I don't think it ever gets shed, but it takes a lot of that spotlight away from that. Yeah, certainly. I think it probably meant more to Astros fans than it did to anybody else. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, there weren't that many players left from 2017, just five players, three position players uh, left from 2017. Um, I don't think that uh, that scandal, you know, the illegal sign stealing scandal was necessarily motivation. I think the motivation was, you know, it's the mo- you want to win a World Series every year. Um, and I think the fact that the Astros had been uh, two other times in 2019 and 2021 and came up short. I think that was the motivation more so than anything that happened in 2017 for the for the players and the and the staff. But I think certainly for the Astros fan base, uh, you know, you have this era in which you go to four World Series in six years, and the one you win is a season in which you were illegally stealing signs. So you know, to to be able to to kind of book in that with with this uh, with what happened in 2022 and winning the World Series and. Uh, unless there's something none of us know, I think, you know, you can say, well, they, you know, they, they certainly weren't cheating. So uh, I think that that means a lot to our fans. I think it, it uh, our, a lot of our fans see that as validation that, hey, this is a really good ball club uh, that's been really good for several years. Oh, no question. All the ALCSs, all the World Series and now two rings. It's obviously a very special organization with the certain turnover Uh, being able to make it happen. And as you know, Dusty Baker being from Sacramento, Dusty Baker uh, managing the Giants. Actually played for the A's for a little bit, but um, Dusty all the years managing the Giants. Uh, One of the most beloved guys here in Northern California. A lot of people rooting for Dusty. Uh, what What was it like to be around that to where you see this baseball icon? It finally, that dream finally comes true for him as a manager. You know, there are so many people I heard from who were like, you know, I don't like the Astros, but I I, I want Dusty to get a ring. Uh, And I think that just speaks to who Dusty Baker is. Um, And anyone who's ever spent any time with him would understand why, uh, you know, so many people were rooting for him. I mean, just someone who's had a a fantastic career, was a very good player for a long time, had a very good career as a manager, you know, over 2,000 wins you know, not able to win the world series up until this year, that was always kind of the one thing missing from his resume. Uh, and just such a, a guy who's, uh, who's a real people person, uh, who loves everybody. It's really hard to dislike and just really, uh, is someone that, you know, you, if you get a chance to spend any time with Dusty, you get to cherish it. And I'm really fortunate that, you know, I've been able to be around him the last three years and, you know, we get to be around him for a fourth year here in, in 2023, but, I mean, just a, a wonderful man and a, and a great baseball man and a fantastic manager um, and someone who was easy to root for. I felt that way before he ever managed the Astros when I didn't even know him. But, you know, now getting to know him and, and seeing the impact he has on people, I appreciate him even more. You know, when, when I think about how you, how you do business, especially after you've won a World Series, 
you got to stay aggressive. You got to stay in attack mode. And if there's somebody you want, go out and get them. Don't wait to get to San Diego. Don't wait for the agents to start talking to teams. Go get your guy now. And Jose Abreu, there was talk about the Padres. I even saw, you know, he's got this home south of Miami. Yeah, it could be the Marlins, maybe the Rays. He wants to be in Florida. You know, bravo by the Astros going in and getting a three-year deal done. That big right-handed bat coming to Minute Maid Park and playing first base, what does that mean for the Astros? Well, you know, assuming that obviously that it does get finalized, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Jose Abreu fits fits fan, uh, great in the Astros lineup. I mean, for someone who has the production that he does and the low strikeout rate, I mean, you can say that about pretty much every one of the Astros' really productive hitters. Uh, but, yeah, Yuli Gurriel clearly was on the decline uh, this past season. He had a really good postseason, but, uh, you know, after winning the batting championship in, in 2021 was – was clearly not the same guy offensively this past year. Of course, with Abreu, I think you worry about the age, but then you look at his hard hit numbers, uh, and they were you know near the top in, in baseball. So you feel like three years uh, he should he should age pretty well, all things considered. And I think also too he's not he's not just a slugger; he's a, a really good hitter. Uh, and so I think being able to put him in this lineup where he's going to have more protection than he had when the, with the White Sox this past year, with the White Sox had all those injuries. Uh, I think it's just going to make uh, Jose Abreu better and make the Astros better. Yeah, it's going to be it's, – it's, the division's going to be interesting. You know, I, I mean, hopefully we'll be a little more competitive here with the A's, but we'll see with the Angels. They're going to have bats if guys are healthy, if they're able to add some pitching. The Rangers – if they can get some pitching and Bruce Bochy and Mike Maddox comes back as a pitching coach, uh, obviously the Seattle Mariners, they are getting better. Jerry DePoto continues to try and make them stronger. Uh, what, what do you think, as, as we head to San Diego for the winter meetings, what are you thinking about the AL West? Well, I mean, I think it should be more competitive than it's been the last few years. I mean, the Mariners obviously had a great year last year, and they should be even better, especially with, the maturation of some of their young players uh, and getting uh, quite a bit of experience last year. I, I agree with you about the angels that that should be an improved team, especially if Anthony Rendon is able to be healthy. That's the, that's the million dollar question. And obviously we'll have Shohei Otani in the fold along with Mike Trout. So I don't think uh, you can ever count them out. Uh, and yeah, the Rangers I think are interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that they have enough pitching at this point. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're a team that certainly isn't going to, to be a, an easy out. So, yeah, I think the division should be better. Um, but I also feel like, you know, we say this every year, and, you know, more often than not, the Astros are the team that winds up winning the division. So, And I do think the division was better last year than it happened in the last few years, and the Astros still won it by 16 games over the Mariners team that made it to the postseason, which, I mean, and it's just crazy to think about it that way. But, yeah, I mean, I think – uh, until, you know, it's one of those things until someone knocks the Astros off, I think it's hard to bet against them. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, they, they are going to go in, uh, and Vegas will have it. They're going to go in the clear favorites. Uh, the the one, one question will be, and obviously tough to answer, and we'll know more in the next week or so, is does Ver we know Verlander wants to win 300 games because he's going to be, if he gets there, he'll be the last guy in our lifetime to do it. But he's got to go to a team that wins a lot of games. And there are a few teams out there that do that, including the Astros. So when you look at the year he just had, winning the World Series, winning the Cy Young, comeback player of the year, 
How do you think this plays out? I know you don't have a crystal ball, but just the sense, I know you've gotten to know him. How do you think this plays out with Verlander? You know, I, I mean, I really think it's going to come down to who's able to to maybe give him a, a possibly a third year uh, on a deal. I mean, I really think that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, you know, the average annual value is going to be high uh, of a, for a Verlander contract. Uh, and and it, it has been for his last couple of contracts that he signed with the Astros. So, you know, that's going to be there. So I think it's going to come down to who's willing to give him a third year. Is someone willing to give him a third year? Because I think most teams probably would be comfortable with two years. I would guess the Astros would be comfortable with doing a two-year deal. Um, but would Verlander be fine with that? Or is he going to say, you know what, I want to see who's going to be willing to sign me for three years. Uh, that's just my guess, um, and I, I really think that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be fascinating. Robert, we always appreciate the time. Enjoy your off offseason. Uh, congratulations on a wonderful ride and getting that ring, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Be well and happy holidays. All right. Take care, Chris. Robert Ford of the Houston Astros. Yeah, I mean, where – I mean, Verlander staying with Houston's a no-brainer. I mean, absolutely no-brainer. Now going to L.A., also kind of a no-brainer. New York, probably not so much. But I think Robert was dead on right there. Verlander wants to get to 300 games. Where does he stand now? He's at like 240-something, right? I think it's 244 last I checked. I'll get the exact number. And he's close to so, – he also can get the 4,000 strikeouts also. So, I mean, basically he can get around 20 wins. Three straight years, 244. Yeah, I mean, he'll get close. It's going to take him four to five years. So if he gets three years guaranteed, you know he'll be in one spot for three years, and then probably that fourth year that he'll need to get to 300, who knows. He's at four. Or – are you going to doubt that he could win 20 games three straight years? Uh, no, the way he pitches here, absolutely not. And he's at 3,198 strikeouts. And how about how about, how about about if he's on the Dodgers? Oh, easily. I mean, look how many games Tony Gonsolin and uh, Tyler Anderson won. I mean, they were I mean, both he, really good, but, I mean, Gonsolin didn't even go deep into games. So if, if Erlander joins the Dodgers and wins 20 games three straight years because all they do is win over 100 games, he's at 300 wins. And he rides off into the sunset. Bye-bye. 300 wins, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. We'll see you in five years at the Hall of Fame. Should probably be a unanimous Hall of Famer, but he won't be because there will be someone that won't vote for him because he maybe shafted them in an interview in Detroit or some reason that he won't get it. But I, I, I think now that Mariano Rivera has done it, I, 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 we will now see multiple guys get that. I mean, Jeter didn't get it. There was that one guy that didn't vote for him. Yeah, I could see Verlander. I could see Verlander getting it. Speaking of a guy who could get it, this just came out. Miguel Cabrera, who we honored at the All-Star Game, who we honored all around baseball last year, is saying it's time to hang him up after this year, 2023. He's coming back. Are you kidding me? I'm never going to say, as a player, you only have one career. Play as you play as long as you want to play. But 
when you go out and hit 254, you have an OPS of 622. You hit only five home runs in 112 games. You say to yourself, why would he come back? That's where I scroll down his baseball reference page. Do you know Do you know what to what section? After I read his horrible numbers, which you would say a great player like this doesn't want to play like this. Like, if you're a great player, like he is, you got the career numbers, you don't want to go out looking like a chump. You don't. But I'm going to scroll down to another section of his baseball reference page. Do you know what section that is? How much money he's made? Next year, he is going to get guaranteed $32 million. $32 million. So that's not, you know, he could have walked away after making $32 million. What did he make? Yeah, he made $32 million. For those five home runs this year, they paid him 32 home runs. I mean, they paid him $32 million. But... Instead of walking away now when he's done, he's saying, I've had enough. We'll walk away after 2023. Thank you, Miggy. You want that $32 million. I don't, I'm not hating on you. I'm not hating. I'm just saying, spare me the emotional, oh, I think it's time. Oh, no, no. It's time. It's yeah. time for you to retire. But you want to make that $32 million because he's got vesting options, Cody. In 2024 and 2025, his vesting option of $30 million for 2024 kicks in if he finishes in the top 10 of MVP voting in 2023. Do you think there's any chance Miguel Cabrera will be in the top 10 MVP voting next year? I'm going to go with probably not. Um I mean, what he, you said he had five you home runs. There? Yeah, I'm really gonna I'm, I'm gonna stake my reputation on this. I don't think he's gonna be a top ten MVP guy. Now, could he have a second half like Albert Pulhos had with the Cardinals? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I I don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, he got the three thousand hits last year. He got the five hundred home runs the year prior. So he already has those two milestones. He's won a triple crown. Um, he's won a World Series. Like what? I don't know what else Cabrera really needs to do besides besides get that thirty two million dollar uh, salary for this year. There's not much Wait, left to do. It's not done. Then for 2025, there's another vesting option. If he's top 10 in MVP, MVP voting again in 2024. What? How old is he now? Like 30. He is right now. He's 39. 30. He'll be 40 and on April 18th. Once again, let's go back. Let's go back to, to oh, my God, the A's never signed anybody long term. You're paying a guy $32 million who hit five home runs and had a 622 OPS. He had an OPS plus. What is the standard, Cody? Uh, 100's league average. He was at 83. He is literally a defensive liability. He is literally robbing your franchise blind. Because... It's been, and I've talked a lot about this when we played the Tigers, and it's ruffled some people's feathers, and I apologize, but I'm just giving you the truth. He hasn't been good since 2016. 
Yeah, that was his last good year when he was actually healthy, too. 2016. That'll be seven years ago when the season starts. <laughs> 2016. He's been below average in since 2016. He's never been the same guy. Look at his home runs. 2017 had 16. 2018 was hurt. Only played 38 games and had three. 2019, he had 12. 12. 2020, the COVID season, he at least had 10 there. Uh, 2021, he had 15, and last year he had five. This guy has been right. Like, how many years? And this is one one of the reasons why people looked at Mr. Illich, one of the great sports owners. He was truly a sportsman and wanted to win as he owned what he on the Pistons? No, Red Wings. Red Wings, yeah. Red Wings. Tigers. Did he own the Pistons? I think that was I think someone else. Someone else. All right. But he, he spent money. He wanted to win. Domino's Pizza. He was slinging pizzas. But here's a great example. You're basically paying one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh my God. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, you're gonna pay seven years. The last seven years of the contract are just thank you. Thank you for your greatness for half the contract. The rest of the contract, you're robbing us blind. Like, how much money can you make off him getting his 500th home run and his 3,000th hit? Yeah, you can sell some jerseys. You can sell some jerseys, some memorabilia. But you're paying him so much money, it's disgusting. Can, can you name the team that he hit? This is this is a tough question. I only remember because I remember because one of the team, his former teammates, is on the team. Do you remember which team he hit his three thousandth hit against? Uh the Colorado Rockies. Where were you when, when Miguel Cabrera had three thousand hits against the Rockies? And I was watching it live on MLB Network on an, in an interleague game. If you go back and how look about, at his, how about home run number five hundred? Uh, I don't remember that one. I believe it was at the Sky Dome. You call it the Rogers Center. Oh, that's right. Against the, uh, against the Blue Jays. Will always be the Sky Dome to me. Uh, one thing with Cabrera, if you look at that 2017 through 2022, he had 61 home runs. Aaron Judge had 62 this year alone. So just putting a little context on how. He's been, ter- he's been terrible. Yeah. I, mean, he, he, I mean, literally, you're below replacement level. And to come out and say, ah, I think it's time. After next year, you're basically saying, you idiot, sign me to this deal, and I'm going to play the whole thing out. I mean, we already did the thing at the All-Star game. Is he going to do it We're again? Gonna... No, we do, we, we do not honor him again. Well, he wasn't an All-Star. He was just in the home run derby, correct? Or was he an All-Star, too? No, he. we just had him come out and do the festivities. Yeah, he was in the home run, he was in the home run derby, I thought, too. I, I just, seriously... Well, they have him as an all-star. They say at 39 years old, he was an all-star. Did they just put him on the teams? I kind of forget. They did Remember, cons- I, I go into vacation mode during the all-star game. Yeah, they were him and him and Pulhouse were special selections for the yeah. um, baseball yeah, reference for the all-star game. All-star. Yeah, they, as the all-star game, and he was in the home run derby as well. It looks it's like. A $32 million to hit five home runs. I mean, that's literally stealing. Pulos, Good for him, though. You signed him to the deal. You owe it to him. Yeah, Pulos is in that home run derby. I just want to make sure that – I just want to make sure 
if uh that if I'm right or not if Cabrera's in or if I'm just wrong thinking incorrectly. I think I am. I don't. Think, I, think, I didn't watch the home run derby, but I don't think Cabrera was in. No, but Pulhos was. So he, but he was in the All Star game. They're both in the All Star game. Uh, by the way, do you know who the uh, who the Astros open their season against? In division? Uh, nope. Uh, interleague play? Uh, no, it's American League team. Well, you know, there's there's 29 teams, so you kind of got to give me a. Well, you you get eliminate you eliminate a, a lot 50. of ways. There's a lot of ways we you, can go. You, you eliminate a 15 in the National League and you get right, rid of the okay. division ones. All right, it is it's not in the division. Nope. So that's either it's an AL Central team. Well, there's got to be a reason you're bringing it up. I'm gonna say White Sox. That is correct. The Chicago White Sox head to Houston to start the year, where Jose Abreu, if he passes his physical, will be the first baseman. Thought that was interesting. A, are we gonna do a tribute? Are we gonna just have? No, no, it's it's in Houston, so there won't be a tribute. But I guess he goes to Guaranteed Rate Field in May. Uh, and, and the South Side, so there'll be a big tribute there, and they'll honor him. And you know, thanks. Do for you the count is you count Jose Abreu's MVP from 2020? Do you count that? Um, yeah, I, I would. I mean, they played a season. He was really good I that mean, year. He had, he had big years. I mean, the one year, 2019, he had 33 jacks, 123 RBIs that led baseball, 834 OPS. 118 OPS plus. Did, did, I mean, did, I mean, it was a big year. Didn't that year he won MVP? He had like, um, didn't he have as many RBIs as games played? Yeah, he had 19 home runs and 60 RBIs. He was huge. <laughs> yeah, he was really good that year. Games, he he played in all 60 games and had 60 RBIs in those 60 games. All that to lose in the first round too. That would be to Bob Melvin and the Oakland Athletics. That's right. Where they all had to show up at like 5 a.m. to get COVID tests before they were let in the ballpark to play the early games. That was when we were playing those games at like 9 a.m. And every game that season was done where I am right now. Looked different. I had a different studio back then. But every game was done right here. Right here. Every time you heard my voice was from right here. Never once did we ever step in the ballpark. Yeah, the entire. I think. I think during that playoff series, I was, we. I think you were at home and I was doing the because this is one was all only audio. I was doing everything from. Um, we went and did a. We went and visit my wife's family in Pismo, and I did everything from down there. Uh, on our way out here, did we miss anything? We did the A's coaches. We did the tickets. Uh, Jose Abreu signed. Uh, Aaron Judge is meeting with the Giants. Verlander's meeting with the Dodgers. Clevenger signed. A one-year deal. It's a good deal for the White Sox. Really nothing to lose. I mentioned the Carlos uh, Santana deal with the Pirates. We mentioned Renfro. Like he, he's the biggest free agent signing since when? Uh, I read that. God, it's, it's a while ago. Probably well, the most money they've given a guy since. Yeah, it was uh, maybe it was Liriano, Loriano, Francisco Liriano. Maybe. I mean, they they don't sign guys. Um, the other one is uh, this one. I don't, I don't. You probably saw it. Bryce Harper had Tommy John surgery. He's likely going to be out the first half of 2023. But like Otani, he was back in May. So he'll probably be back maybe May and June, and he can hit. Who? Harper? Harper, yeah. No way. Well, I mean, Otani came back from Tommy John and just hit. Yeah, but you're not, you're not, you're, this is not apples to apples. You got to look at the timeline. Yeah, like Otani, I said, Otani didn't, Otani had Tommy John surgery. When did he have it? 
Uh, I'd have to let me check real quick. This is after the season he's having it. This is late November. This happened last week right before Thanksgiving. Let's see. The article is... Um, and everybody's different, but man, that'd be pretty quick to come back be taking hacks after Tommy John. It looked like... like hey. End of September, early October is when Otani had it, and then he was back hitting in May. So June, okay. June, July. So second half of the year. Yeah, I think that whole All Star July ish is because, man, you don't. Bryce Harper, you, he's got to be you. You're gonna have to fight him. You're gonna have to literally fight him to like slow down, slow down. This is a long recovery. It takes time. Don't screw it up. Because you know what happens. I mean, I mean the DA. I mean, you want to mess. You want to mess this thing up again as a hitter, and lose the entire year. I know it's and and he wants to get back and play in the field too. Yeah, lucky. I I wouldn't say lucky for them, but I guess they're fortunate that they can put um, they can put Kyle Schwarber at the DH spot. For now, I mean, he had forty. He led the National League in home runs with what forty six. So you can have Schwarber there, but yeah, losing Harper. I mean, we know how great Harper is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they sign someone uh, in the free agency market too to come in to fill a void, maybe play in the outfield. I mean, along with Castellanos and Marsh, I mean, they need another outfielder most likely. So maybe Dave Dombrowski's not afraid. Maybe they get Nimmo or Conforto or one of the other high prize, or they trade for someone like. I don't think the Pirates will trade Brian Reynolds, but. They can maybe they trade for some outfielder. Kiermaier, maybe they bring in Kiermaier. I know he can't hit, but he's good defensively. Well, we do know one thing in professional sports. And there's a pretty good track record, right? In our four big four American sports leagues, we have a championship at the end. Whether it's the Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup. We've got a championship at the end. And we know that the team that loses, the next year is always dicey, to say the least. Very few teams, very few, lose and make it back to the championship game. Whatever your championship is, Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup. Like, the Buffalo Bills are truly amazing, the fact that they made four straight Super Bowls and lost all four. That's an anomaly. What the Braves did, losing so much, and if you watch their documentary on on MLB Network where they were starting to be referred as the Buffalo Bills of of baseball, but winning, winning, not, wait, winning it, but not winning, something happens when you lose. It is tough to get back to that, whatever your title game is. It's very tough. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look, just real quick, if you want to look at re- this recency bias, I mean, the Lightning and the NHL made it to three. Uh, they were going for three straight Stanley Cups. They lost to the Colorado Av- Avalanche, so we'll see if they get back. The only team, you, I mean, if we're going to play recency bias, the Astros. I mean, they lost last year and won, but you're right. It's very hard to get back there. and Patriots. Patriot, yeah, but Reese, uh, the Warriors, we're going to look at the, right the Patriots were the first team to 
lose a Super Bowl, and then go back and win the Super Bowl for the first time since when? Who am I? Lose a Super Bowl and win one. Uh, the Raiders. That is incorrect. Oh, I was just guessing. Um, you just saw my Raider connection that it'd be Raiders. I thought you were going with the Raiders for sure. Um, the greatness of the Raiders are back, man. Josh Jacobs, 86-yard touchdown. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Don Shula and the Miami Dolphins. Is that 71 and then we'll on to 72, right? Lost in 71 to your Dallas Cowboys. And then came back and won in 72 to, to finish the undefeated season. That, that That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. That it's just the Dolphins and the Patriots lose the Super because you lose the Super Bowl your next year. Oh, it's usually a train wreck. I don't know why. There's some mental thing about you lose the Super Bowl and then the next year you're a train wreck. Or you can be a train wreck like the Rams are this year after winning the Super Bowl. That's always a possibility too. <laughs> the, I mean, we haven't we have, we haven't had a team repeat in baseball since the Yankees and. 98, 99, 2000. That's a long time ago. Has happened in the National League since the 70s with the Reds. That's you even had, more remarkable. You had, had the Blue Jays. I mean, we haven't had back-to-back chance. We haven't had. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, the, the other one, too, the most remarkable one, they lost both. But remember when Butler got to the National title game two years in a row in college basketball, and they could have won both of them, and they lost both? I mean, a small school from Indiana got to the National title game, not once, but twice, and lost both times. I think it was to Duke and UConn. But that was I remember that was like one of the most remarkable well, how about things. Recently with Clemson and Alabama. Oh. Yeah. I mean those that's, are that's pretty impressive. But college, lot lot of turnover, different guy. Pros, man. To to there's something about losing that championship game, that championship game that's just you know. You you look at it, I mean that's that's one of the reasons why you have to respect the Astros. Six straight ALCSs, four World Series, one, two. They have been in the fight every year, like legitly been in the fight. Hate them, hate them as much as you want. I'm cool with that. But the Houston Astros, for six straight years, have put on those gloves and gotten the ring and said, bring it. They've been knocked out, and they've knocked you out. But to get there six straight years... That's when you start saying, is this a dynasty? You go, well, six straight years to make the ALCS? That's a big deal. And four World Series, you're two and two, but you go to four World Series in six years? I mean, come on. That kind of success? And it's not like they're going anywhere. No, their core core guys are still very young-ish. Yeah, it's like what Robert Ford just said. They're not going anywhere. You don't think the Astros are going to go out and kick everybody's ass next year? Seriously. I mean, the only, Who's being- yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone will. I know, I know Ace fans don't want to hear that, but and so, and then, and then they get in the playoffs. You don't think they're going to be rip raring to go in the playoffs? They'll be, uh, they'll be just fine getting into the playoffs. And what if they make it to the ALCS for a seventh straight year? I can't even think of the last team that actually did that. Like, the Dodgers had a good run, but they're more like, as you mentioned, the Braves I mean, being. The, Bra- but- the, Bra- the Braves' 14 straight years was incredible. That's incredible. But they got bumped out early. I mean, the Braves don't go out early. I mean, I mean the uh, Astros. They don't go out early. 
They're they're fighting they're fighting to get into the World Series every year. That's it. That's it. I mean that's, I mean that's what the Patriots would do. Yeah, you go to that title game every year. The title game. Tom Brady has played in what fourteen title games? Uh, yes. And how many Super Bowls? Nine. Seven. He's won seven. He's been in nine. He's lost two. Right, both of the Giants. It's crazy. Yeah, the the thing. Look look at this way too. The last two teams to lead baseball in wins essentially lost in the first round. Well, I know this year was a little different, but the Giants won 107 games. They lost in the first round. And this year, the Dodgers won 111, and they lost in the NLDS because obviously they didn't play in a wild card round. So they had a bye, and they lost to the Padres. So winning the winning the most games in the league doesn't mean anything anymore either. I mean, the Astros did in the American League, but, they, but it's the Astros. So you and I are going to have to make a promise to each other. Do you know what that is? Um, no, I don't. That next year, when we bring all the guests we bring on, and you know these baseball people we have to deal with, yes, you people, you love some regular season. See, Cody and I, we're millennials, and we're the new type of sports fan that we say we don't care about the regular season. We only care about the postseason. That's what us millennials care about. So when these old dogs come on our program and start talking about, oh, you know, the Yankees, you know, what were they saying in June? The Yankees, I mean, this is the best record. And every single time they've had a record like this, they won the World Series at 50, 51, 58, and 60. Remember all that crap we were reading all the time? Oh, the Dodgers, they won 111. I mean, any team that's won 100, blah, 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 blah. Every single time someone starts telling us about how great somebody has a regular season, we need to promise to each other we look at this person and say, you know what? That all sounds great, but it doesn't mean anything. The Phillies were in the World Series. They won 87 games. All you got to do is get in. or 80, it was somewhere 80, 87 or 88, yes. But, 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 Tony, that's not how baseball is. Baseball is built on your regular season. We can say, hey, we're millennials, and we don't care about that anymore. Just get in. I don't care if you get in with an under 500 record. Get in. That's all that matters. Go ahead, pat your stats, pat your record, do all that stuff. It means nothing. If all that meant something, right, if the regular season meant everything, Dodgers would have been there in the end. And look at the Yankees. The Yankees, you got to play a full season. They didn't play a full season. Now, technically they did, but they stunk. Down the stretch, they stunk. And it wasn't for Aaron Judge. They probably don't make the playoffs. They were, How about, um, that? They How about were, that hot take? Yeah, they was won- that even a hot take? No, that's true. I mean, the stats for them was they were it was horrific. They Nobody won- hit. Did you see that? You never responded to that Donaldson tweet. Oh, it was that was pretty funny. I saw a couple of those after you sent. I saw a couple of those got around on, on Twitter in the second half of the year. The Yankees were wait for it thirty five and thirty five, after being sixty four and twenty eight in the first half, and they were going to break we every record. Too, when we were there, do, do you have it? Do you have my prediction? Uh, let me let me see. I have the video I saved said, on my computer. In June, on this program. Actually, I think I said it on the postgame show because I was pissed. Um, Vince, Catronio was, Vince Catronio was already giving the Yankees their World Series ring in June, and I was angry. I think I might have got rid of I deleted some of the audio on here. Of course you deleted it. I predicted the Yankees will not make the World Series and will not win the World Series. Was I right? Uh, you were right, yes. But in June, and I said that in June. When they, every single time you read their game notes, it was, oh, the Yankees, they're on a pace that every Yankee team has ever won. The, they've won 27. It's 27 now, right? Yep, 27. 27 
Everyone, and they had every year that they won the World Series on this base. It was, you know, 19, when was Ruth? 20-something and 30-something, and then here comes the 50s and the 6s. And I was like, I'm so tired of this. They are not built to win in the playoffs. They will not win the World Series, and I was correct. Oh, uh, hold on. One twelve Pacific Standard Time, one twelve p.m., June 27th. Mark this and remember what I told you. The Yankees will not win the World Series. One line. All I need is one line to be smarter than all those Yankee hacks, everybody at the MLB Network, everybody at Newsday, Times, Post, all those Yankee honks. I'm telling you, one line will tell you why they won't win the World Series. What's the line? The Yankees lead the majors this season with 52.6% of their runs coming via the home run. 193 of their 367 runs have come from the home run. More than half of their runs scored are generated by home runs. That's how they score. That's who they are. That's who they've been now for a long, long time. That's it? That's it. There you go. That's the audio. Hear that? In June, you were crowning them. Vince was crowning them. Everybody, MLB Network was crowning them. The Yankees, this was the greatest baseball team ever assembled. I went out on that limb because you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. And I told you they're not going to win the World Series. How many home runs did they hit against the Astros in the postseason? I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it wasn't many. There you go. I think Hembo. So, we're going to have Hembo on later this week. I think Friday we're going to have Hembo on, leading into the Hall of Fame contemporary era ballot vote and free agency and winter meetings. But he had to tweet. I'd have to go back through his thing, but he talked about how good Aaron Judge was and how bad the Yankees were, uh, aside from Aaron Judge, the second half of the year. And, and it was unbelievable. Oh, speaking of that, I took a picture today. I was at the gym, and I put on MLB Network, and they put this up there. 2022 statistics with AL ranks. I'm just going to give you where he ranked. 156, have 157 games for Aaron Judge. I'm just going to allow you to tell me, Cody, whether this is a good year. Are you ready? Yeah. AL ranks. First in home runs. First in RBIs. First in runs scored. First in on-base percentage. First in slugging. First in OPS+. Plus and first in war. Yeah, but what was his ex-Woba? I'm sure he was first there, too. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Uh, that's a really good year. I found the Hembo stat, too. Aaron Judge, after the All-Star break, hit th- he slashed 349, 502, and 785. The, his Yankee teammates hit 223, and on base of 292, and slugged 360. Hembo put that as the batting line equivalent to the, of course, he took a shot at the Pirates, the 100 lost Pirates. Think about that. 349, 502, 785 for Judge. The Yankees as a team hit 223 in the second half. They gotta they gotta sign him. And then and then the question will be where did all you big time giant fans claiming that he was gonna sign with San Francisco? 
Where'd you guys all go? Now, I'm not saying that they can't still sign Judge. They may. Maybe Judge wants off-Broadway. Maybe he wants out the big time, come out west, get a, get a long, long-term long deal. When he's not the same player, he's not going to get booed every night. They're going to make panda hats for him, whatever hats they're – I don't know. What kind of hat are they going to have for him? Is he going to have a giraffe hat or a panda hat? No, he's going to have, have the judge's <laughs> outfit or whatever. Oh, my God. Are they? Oh, my God. Judges chambers and like they do in Yankee Stadium. Oh my god! You know what? You know what I kept telling all my friends that are Giants fans. I said, "They're like, oh, did you see Judges?" I'm like, "Yeah, I saw Judges meeting with the Giants. He's doing reconnaissance work for when he signs with the Dodgers." That that, that didn't go over well with them. That would be hilarious if he signs with the Dodgers. That would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, his his mother in law is still in the Linden School District. Most people in California don't even know where Linden is, by the way. Um, I played with a guy from Linden at San Jose State. Uh, well, well, I mean, if he signs with the Dodgers and that whole thing about his, him and his wife and the small town and all that, it'd just be like, it's like Miguel Cabrera saying that, I think it's time to hang him up after I get another $32 million. Really good on it'll a limb be, there. It, it'll, be, it'll be along those lines, right? Like, oh, yeah, 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 man, I just, I'm closer to home. I'm signing with the Dodgers. That will be classic. From here in Oakland to Linden, it's like an hour and 54 minutes. I don't know if that's with traffic or with not, but still. It's like, that's still, when people go, oh, yeah, it's the, you know, it's Northern California. It's not the area. No, 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 That is the Central Valley. Valley. It's not Northern California. No, 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 no. Linden has nothing to do with Northern California. And technically, we're not even Northern California. We're really Central California, if you look at the map. Yeah, Northern California is sack and going up. And I know how Greg and Slow is like, yeah, here in Central, you're still Southern California. We really are into geography. We're in the middle of California. We're in the middle on the coast of California. And Linden, Fresno, all those places, Atwater, Merced, all the way down, Visalia. Kalinga. All the way down to Bakersfield, your Central California. Yeah. How far yeah. is it from Linden? From how far is it from Chavez Ravine to Linden, California? Uh, hold on, let me. I was gonna look at that up. I should just ask my. I could ask my wife, cause she, but she wouldn't know. Um, Especially in a private plane, you can just take his little private plane from L.A. to Linden to see his mother-in-law, who's in the Linden School District. From Linden, if you go from Linden to Chavez Ravine, it's uh, only five hours and thirty minutes. It's uh, three hundred and forty-nine miles. Private jet, forty-something minutes. Now, if you go from Chavez Ravine to Linden, it's five hours and thirty-five minutes because well, you're going to be sitting in traffic forever. But if he signs, so this could be our back-to-back. This is our back-to-back winter meetings, right? Our last winter meetings in San Diego, deja vu. It was the Yankees and Garrett Cole. Yeah, and Rendon, the Angels, and Strasburg resigned with the Nats. Rendon was when we were leaving. Yeah, we were getting on the plane when it happened. But yes, yeah, we was... were leaving. We were there. We saw, we saw the Yankee machine in action. We saw it. Like we're, it was impressive. We're gonna be by them again this year. Are we really? I think we're two two places down for them. They sent the map the other day. They just look it over at us and go, yeah. "Who are these guys?" Well, wait till. It, Wait till they see our 10 by 8 backdrop that we have that Ray yeah. and I, Ray and I set up today. We're bringing that Yes Network. 
We're coming after your ass, Yankees. Swear to God, folks, you want to know what the big time's like? This is why I always laughed. And it, and I could be wrong, but I laugh about Aaron Judge going to San Francisco. If you come to the winter meetings, if you are able to see what, what it's like, the Yankees bring their own television set. Television, a full set. It's a set. Yes, it's a set. They've got to ship that thing out there. It's a full-on, real television set. You know how you watch Warriors pregame live and postgame live and Giants and A's and Sharks and all that on NBC Bay Area in California, and it's a television studio? They basically build that at the winter meetings with real cameras, and they're doing live television back to New York on the Yes Network. It's crazy. I mean, our setup's cool. They're they're like a, they build they build their own TV studio in the hotel. Cody, am I lying? Uh, no, you're you're correct. They have like a whole staff there. It'll be you, me, and Ray this year. They'll have like they'll have like triple the amount of people working right next to us. Yeah, it's it's insane. They're had it's a TV. It's a, they're doing a T. They're doing a studio show in San Diego, but they're the New York Yankees. We're gonna have to get either Jack Curry or Meredith Morakovitz on from Yes Network. Because uh, they're both going to be there, most likely. And when Garrett Cole signed, you would have thought the Pope was coming through. I mean, like everybody, like everybody, like scrambling and going nuts. And next thing you know, the lights are on, the cameras are going, and though they're like ushering uh, Aaron Boone. There, uh, oh, Aaron Boone showed up every day. They made Aaron Boone come out multiple times. Multiple times, Aaron Boone had to walk by us and go on the Yes Network multiple times a day at the winter meetings. We can't even, I mean, seriously, I'll get Kotze to come on, but I mean, how many teams can tell their manager, get your ass down there and get on TV now? Uh, the Yankees can. That's- I'm telling you, it's a whole, I have so, I hate them, but I have so much respect for them because it's, it's the big time. It's the big, can you imagine telling your manager, get your ass down there and get on television now? You think he wants to do it? You think Aaron Boone wants to go on Yes Network multiple times a day to be questioned by these people? I want to play devil's advocate and say yes because he worked at ESPN. He knows how it works. Man, he walked by <laughs> us. He'd have his coffee, and you could tell. It's like, here we go. Yeah, but when that, that's pretty cool, though, when you sign a major free agent like Cole and your, you, your manager's right there to go on. Well, you know what? You know, we got to be there and grab him. Yeah, I mean, hey, yeah. Booney, remember us? I've had Boone on yep. back when he was an ESPN guy. The, we got to get him on. Uh, we have, we're running out of time, but we 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 will have Tito Francona finally after years. We're finally going to have Tito, Tito former A bench coach. We're going to have Tito next week. Uh, I heard good news. Sarah's going to be in San Diego. She thought she wasn't going. Now she's coming. So awesome! It'll be cool to see Sarah down there. We have other people. Jam-packed. We're going to be jam packed with guests. Can't wait. Billy, Can't wait. Billy O is going to be there as well. I told I told our baseball comms team that you're real close with Billy O, so we'll have Billy O on top of Forrest and Kotze as well. Will we be leaving? Will we be looking to? I need to get that crystal ball. By the way, I forgot about that. We need to get a crystal ball for the set. If I look into my crystal ball, when we pack up and get back on Southwest to head back to. Silicon Valley in San Jose. When we get on that plane in San Diego to come back to our home, will Sean Murphy be an Oakland athletic? You no. don't have to answer that now. No. 
You don't have to answer it now. You know what? Actually, yes. No, I don't know the answer. I'll hold it in. We'll tease it till then. Just a question. When we get on that plane, and I'm an A, and you're like a C, and I get on that plane, and I don't save you a seat, will Sean Murphy be an Oakland Athletic? I'll hold, I'll hold that answer until next week when you ask me there. Add the race to the mix, apparently. So, Yeah, I saw that. Who are they giving if up? I, huh? They're not giving anybody up. If trade I was prospects. to trade with somebody, wouldn't you want to trade with the Rays? Well, usually they take guys in and make them better, but then the guys they ship back usually aren't yeah, as good. Wait, once you trade your guy, who cares? It's what you're getting back. Uh, you know, the only guy I think I can remember them trading recently that turned out to be decent was Willie Adamas for the Brewers. That's about it. All the other guys they usually give up there. Eh. Well, if you need a shortstop, he's available, according oh. to my sources. Yeah, well, the Brewers are giving up everyone, um, so we'll see. If you want their logo, you can buy that too. Their sweet new uniforms. They're going to get revenue sharing. I don't understand it, but you know, whatever. That's a way out of my pay depth on what they're doing. Uh, and the Rays are kind of – it was – the way the Rays offseason is going to go was explained. You know what the problem is? When you send me all these articles and I send you all these articles and you read all these articles, you can't remember where you read this stuff. Because we look at too many damn articles. But somebody put it, might have been the Athletic. Uh, the Rays offseason is going to be like they're clearing their throat. They're not going through a rebuild. It's just like they're going to clear their throat. I thought that was an interesting way to put an offseason. How's the offseason going to go? It's like we're clearing our throat. Yeah. They're going to have some new looks. They're going to look there. The Rays are going to go with some young players. Yeah, Wander Franco will be back healthy, most likely. And they have Ball. some other guys. You know, they're, Glassnell probably won't be a Ray when the season starts. Um, their pitching staff will be very young. They'll have McClanahan still. Uh, they'll have a 1,000 relievers that we never heard of before, but they all throw 100, and they all are pretty good. There might be – the Rays, and, and, I, and, I, and I could be dead wrong on this, but they might be in some trouble. Because you got you – got, Bloom needs to win or he's going to lose his job. You got the Orioles, I have to think, that are on the rise. And they're going to make moves and get better, and they got great momentum. Toronto's a beast. Toronto, you, I mean, Toronto. Toronto's one of the teams, that if they're in the playoffs and they make it to the World Series next year, you're not going to be surprised. And the Yankees are the Yankees. I mean, that's four teams you're looking at as you're starting to go a little younger, you know, because they're – they're not doing exactly what we did, but they didn't necessarily have what we had. They didn't really have an Olsen or a Chapman type deal. No, their guy was Franco, and he signed. Yeah. And Glassnow's yeah. coming off Tommy John, who would be, I guess, our Bassett. He, so, yeah. so I'm saying, you know, they're going to rely on a lot of hurt guys and young guys and guys who are fragile who've already had Tommy Johns, and they're going to go after it, but – you could see maybe a step back by the Rays. And remember, they traded G-Man Choi. I know that's not a big move, yeah. but they traded G-Man Choi to the Pirates. And, they'll, they'll and, make- then I, and I have those numbers for you, how awful they were against right-handed pitching. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. When I read the article, when Choi got traded, how bad they were against right-handed. It's hard to believe they were in the playoffs. They were literally, it was only the Tigers and somebody else. We were better than they were. That's, I mean, they were like, 
it was only the Tigers and somebody else was worse against right-handed pitching, hitting against right-handed pitching. It was insane. It was insane how bad they were to be a playoff team when you face more righties than anything else. Yeah, that's never good. And one last thing before we go. Uh, according to one of the uh, Cleveland Guardians writers, the Guardians also offered a three-year deal to Jose Abreu, but obviously they failed to land up. So the, I guess the Guardians were the the Giants in the situation where they finished second for a player, like the Giants always do with everyone, like Harper. You know, it'd be a good, you know, it'd be a good a nailer. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, the rumor, one of the things I read before was if if the they team, want Murphy, if they wanted Murphy, one of the Naylor rumor, prospects. Well, you could get Naylor, his brother. I don't want the brother. Who's also a, wait for it, catcher. I don't want, I, <laughs> the A's have acquired three catchers for Sean Murphy. Oh, my God. And by the way, we're going to be doing multiple shows a day. We're going to keep you, we're going to have, we're going to keep you so updated here on A's Cast. So we're going to go nine to noon. Yeah, we're, well, our first day there, we're going to be just our normal time slot. Because, because we, we fly yeah, in. So Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to go 9 to noon and then I think 2 to 4. No, yeah. but we're back 1 to 4, though. First uh, day. Yes, 1 to 4, yes. Back 1 to 4. And then and we may go long, depending on, I mean, if you're in judge signs, we could be, go all night. Um, and then we're back the next Tuesday and Wednesday, 9 to noon. Cody needs his lunch because he's demanding a break. And then we got to come back and we'll do uh, 2 to 4. Yeah. And of course, that's all subject to change if something happens and guest availability and all that stuff. But yeah, so that's a, that's what the tentative plan as of now is. You know, with this being a week away, that's what's different between us and the Yes Network. We can make our own schedule. Yeah. That's why we're more big league than New York. Yeah, I said it. What are you going to do about it? But I have no, I have no New York tie, so I really don't care. I agree with you. All righty, we want to thank the great Marty Lurie. We want to thank. Uh, Robert Ford, play-by-play voice of the Houston Astros. Jose Abreu, three years, just under $60 million. Astros beefing up as they're going to try and repeat. We will be back on Wednesday, the momentum. Will there be any more big signings? I mean, how many guys want to get this out of the way and they don't even want to wait till San Diego? Maybe. We'll see. We'll be back on Wednesday from 1 to 3. Thank you for listening, Cody. Great job. Have a safe ride home. Thank you. Bart's already delayed, so I can't wait. Oh, it's it's delayed? Yeah, but there's a 20-minute delay, so I won't be leaving for another hour. So I won't get home until about uh, 5.30 or 6 now because of this track problem that I read about on Twitter right now. Wait for it. I'm already home. Must be nice. See you Wednesday. See you Wednesday, everybody. Thank you for watching and listening to A's Cast Live. Oakland Athletics Spring Training is right around the corner, and you can be part of the excitement. Get your tickets now and plan ahead for a fun-filled trip to Mesa, Arizona this spring. Pack the sunscreen, bring your friends, pick up some ballpark classics, and watch your green and gold get ready for the regular season. Get your tickets today to see the Athletics take on the Giants, Padres, Cubs, Dodgers, and more. Tickets are on sale now at athletics.com spring. That's athletics.com spring. 
The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.